Well, ahoy there, landlubbers, and welcome to the greatest, just recently returned from a voyage at sea, horror movie review podcast and all the known multiverse. Why, it's your absolute favorite show in the world. It's dead and lovely. Here with the host with the most. Why, it is I, Uncle Ben. And fresh down from my widow's walk, Hollywood <laughs> Steve. I was uh, looking out to the sea for my man to return. Oh, you don't say? Yeah. And th- did you see me cross the horizon? Yeah, as I saw the sails, <laughs> I, s- I said to the children, bring your father a pail. I don't know what it meant. <laughs> well, I'm glad that they did. They did. <laughs> yeah, I just got back from a voyage at sea. I'm actually finally just kind of getting my, my land legs back, man. Yeah? Dude, I don't know what the deal is. Usually after we do one of these cruises, like... Not a problem. It's not really a big yeah. deal, but for some reason, like all of us... Hmm. It was like, you know, maybe three days later, a couple of us were playing a show together in, in yeah. Boogie Nights, and we were all on stage, like, after songs, we'd be like, did you just feel the stage move? And it's like, <laughs> yep. So it probably took us all, like, three or four days for me to kind of, like, get back to normal. It actually was kind of a rocky a rocky boat, Yeah, actually. I was going to say, were you a little bit more rocked than usual? There was a little bit more rocking going on yeah. on the high seas than usual this time. Yeah, playing aboard Shiprocked 2020, uh, which was a very... Good, big old fun time. Awesome. Playing with Andy Wood Trio, and it was the first time Skank Banger had been aboard yeah. a boat. I'm going to tell you what. Skank Banger on a boat. Sounds like a, a recipe for a bad time, honestly. <laughs> you know what? It's just an invitation for disease to spread, yeah. really. It was awesome, man. I bet. Yeah, it was a fucking blast. We got to play like the halftime show and stuff oh, yeah? on the main stage, awesome. which is really cool. Yeah, it was great, man. Saw a bunch of fans and stuff, which is always wonderful to see. And uh, had ourselves a damn good time. Drank a lot of booze. I bet. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> drank a lot did. of drinks on that <laughs> yeah. boat. And also got to go to like Cozumel, which is great, and Key West. Oh, cool. Dude, Key West is the shit. Is it? Yeah. Mm. You never been? No, I, I probably won't get a chance. It's a place you want to go to, Steve. Oh, I'll have to get there soon before it's underwater. <laughs> that could be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> it could potentially be an issue. Yeah, I haven't been to the Keys. I have been to South Florida and stuff uh, as a child, and I remember it being beautiful. Yeah, but dude. like, I would love, I'd love to go. Yeah, man, love to. Yeah, it was a, it was a great time. Hopefully, we get to do it again um, next year because it is always a blast. Mm-hmm. Rocking on the high Hell seas. Yeah. It, when are they gonna get that pod rocked tour pod going? Pod rocked, on? dude. That's yeah. a great idea. <laughs> All the hottest pods together. You're on a cruise, sun, waves. Sitting and listening to a guy talk about a horror movie for two hours. <laughs> no more fun. I mean. I would be okay with that. I would too. Honestly. I would sign up. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Now that I'm back from the high seas, I am getting myself in that old gymnasium. Oh yeah. I'm yeah, current. My body is currently. I heard about this. Aching and sore. Oh man, that is that is the that's the killer right there. No doubt, man. No doubt. You got any any tips for I a guy? Because I got to tell I you do. what. Like today was my I think fourth mm. day in a gym ever in yeah. my entire life. Yeah. I understand. I don't know what I'm doing. Ah, you're probably doing fine. You're there. I get in there. You're I'm, doing I'm, more than most. I move my body around. That's yep. You you punch a thing. Yeah. You pull a thing. You climb a thing. Do any of them things. Well, what I usually go in and do is I actually go in and lift the machines. Well, then you're doing fine. Is that a pretty <laughs> if you good can move? Do that, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. I go in <laughs> and I I lay on my back and I bench press the exercise bike. It's really, it's very hard, man. Yeah, it's especially the difficult. lady on it keeps screaming. <laughs> yeah, put me down! <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, 
I read uh, you. You posted on Facebook about this, and I read like most of everything everybody was saying, and it was like, I, I yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I, I got the impression from my fitness friends there is some very bad advice in there. There is a lot. That's what I was about to say. If There's you want less very... calories, don't eat food. Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's the thing that you have. All right. Just real quick about calories. You do. You should eat fewer calories if you're trying to lose weight. I am. Or just expend more calories. Or that. Yeah. Or both. You, you do both. It goes faster. Can but, I eat a sandwich on the treadmill? Why the hell not? All right. I mean, it's not. It might choke you. Oh, I got some salami <laughs> yeah. in the gears. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Um, so the thing is that it's, a, it's about where your calories come from. Because somebody can eat 1,500 calories in a day and be like, why am I not losing weight? And it's like, well, you ate five pieces of chocolate cake. That was your 1,500 calories. Okay. Like, right. yeah, you're not going to lose weight. Right. Okay. You don't, um, you don't have to do what I did. You don't have to worry about your carbs quite as much. Because you're just sleeping and lose, what, like maybe 10, 20 pounds or something? Whatever it takes just to get slim and trim. Yeah. I yeah. want to look like a drug addict, Steve. It's all right. <laughs> like a true 80s drug addict. <laughs> well, what you really just need is just extra. Heroin. Yes. <laughs> you need probably more protein. Um, and, and the leanest proteins you can get are fish and chicken. I like those yeah. things. And maybe add in a protein shake. Maybe throw in a protein shake before or after you go to work. Uh, workout. Okay. What I would say, though, these are the things that I know do work. For sure, lower calories, but also high higher protein. I, I doubt you're getting too many carbs. It's it's just one of those things where you eat pizza, you eat you yeah. know noodles and stuff, and you're not fat. The people that have trouble with carbs, they eat those things and they get fat. You right. eat them, you don't. Well, that's the thing is like my entire life. I mean, I, I probably mm -hmm. ate pasta or rice almost every meal my yeah. entire life, like mm -hmm. even through college and stuff, mm -hmm. and I weighed like. A buck thirty. Yeah, carbs are carbs are good. They are good. I mean, eliminating carbs, going keto is a way to go from a high weight to a lower weight quicker. I just can't get myself to do it because I'm just like, that's yeah. not how human beings evolve. Yeah, to it's eat. not. Yeah, it's not. It's not necessarily good. And over time, it can be very bad. It can be very bad. Yeah. yeah, if you're not eating right and you're not getting the right like carb proteins and and just all of your minerals and vitamins and stuff because that stuff comes from food. And a lot of those things come from grains. So you got to be getting them from somewhere else. Uh, so I, I would say, yeah, you don't have to change much about your diet. Uh, people probably recommended supplements. Uh, again, there's not much of a reason to take I need any. to drink less. Okay. I definitely that, need to drink a, that's less. That's a definite probably just, for anybody. That's just good yeah. for me, period. <laughs> yeah. Other than, even you know, outside yeah. of like trying to go to the gym and stuff, like I just need to drink less in general. Yeah, just drink maybe a little bit less. I, I'm, I'm trying to cut out beer at home. I'm just doing like straight liquor at home. Yes. But even then, and, I'm trying to do less. You I was going to say, people hear that like, uh, how is that an improvement? Instead of a pint of beer, I drink a pint <laughs> of whiskey. Fewer calories. <laughs> hey, I can't eat any excess yeah. carbs if I'm knocked the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, uh, especially actually though, because of uh, drinking, most adults are low on magnesium and uh, D3 and most multivitamins don't provide them. And they both have been proven helpful in weight loss and in uh, helping with muscle growth. Hmm. So uh, take that as you will. You don't have to do it, but... Don't tell me how to live my yeah, life. But working out is the most important thing. I do cardio every single day that I can. All right. Uh, usually I this is the day when we record that I just don't do anything. 
I've mainly been doing a lot of that rowing machine. I like that. Yeah, a little hell bit of yeah. A full that's, body thing. Yes, that's a much better move than a lot of the other okay. machines you could go with. Yeah, okay. rowing machine or... Uh, I do an exercise bicycle. Exercise bikes are fun. Uh, I stopped using them because I read that if you uh, work on a an elliptical... Uh, you're also working your your core. Yeah, yeah. Kate's about that elliptical. Yeah, because you're balancing right. yourself up on it. Um, so I started using the elliptical all the time, and I found that it, it did really strengthen my core, and I felt like it, it was easier to get out of bed and much easier to stand up and stuff. This was early on. Now I don't have any trouble <laughs> with any of that, but early on, that was a good feeling to have. Yeah. Like, oh, right, my muscles work. So, yeah, cardio. You're just trying to lose weight and then lift weight, but... Don't go too crazy. Just don't hurt yourself is what I would say. That's the biggest thing that I worry about, especially with like, you know, being a performer and playing music and stuff yeah. like that. It's like, I can't go. You can't afford that. Fucking my back yeah. up or like, or you know, ruining hands, my even. hands or anything. Yeah. I can't mess around with that. So I got to take it yeah. kind of easy, I guess. You can stick with machines, honestly. Like I stuck with machines probably for the first three months of working out because um, if you haven't worked out in a long time, a lot of your stabilizing muscles and stuff are really weak. So I've, I've never worked out. Yeah. Like our weight training class we had in college, right? Which was a college class. That's uh -huh. the closest thing I ever did <laughs> yeah. to like going to a gym. Yeah. You know, this is all a brand new world to me. Okay. Maybe just start with the machines. The one that you have to watch out for is, is some idiots still pull the lat pull down bar behind their neck. Do not do that. Don't do that. Yeah. You pull it to your mid. -chest. Okay. Yeah. Uh, other than that, you're safe. Just don't go too heavy. Like, yeah, I mean, you could go heavy if you want to gain a bunch of muscle, but I there's don't. no reason to. Yeah, no, I'd yeah. rather not. For you, I, I'd say it's simple. It's as easy as what you're saying. Just cut down on alcohol a little bit. Maybe uh, write down what you eat and see if you're getting too many calories. You probably aren't. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes when you write it down, it's like, oh, shit, I didn't realize. Yeah, where did that come from? Yeah. And if you want to get fit, you got to get that Vita Vita Vegemin. Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't need that <laughs> shit. That's crazy. I'll tell you one thing that I'm looking forward to about fitness, and that's fitting this beer into this glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that we were just talking about all yeah. the uh, all the alcohol I'm going to try to not be consuming, let's get ourselves a pull, Steve. It's just not a dead lovely without getting a pull. Go, why don't you go ahead and explain around what kind of beer you picked Dude, up for Dude, okay, Steve. so uh, Ben told me he didn't have any beer, so I stopped by Pretentious on my way in. And they had such an awesome looking board. And then I read what it was and I was like, yes. The board had Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs with his dick between his legs. Of course. I'm on board. Uh-huh. He, uh, he loves doing that. <laughs> he does. He really does. It was one of his favorite things. He loved skinning folks, uh, wearing a skin suit. Doing a nice tuck. Tucking that dick between his legs. <laughs> But I saw it was called Silence of the Plums, and it's a plum <laughs> stout. I have never heard of that this. That sounds awesome. So I'm I, I, already on board with I this. I asked the guy behind the the, the bar, like, yeah, is it, it, what is, what's it like? Is it good? And he was like, it's one of my favorite things we've had in a while. Awesome. So, so it's a plum stout, huh? Yeah. That's just plum stout beer right there. What's Boom. the ABV on this bad boy? Uh, it's like 7.1, I okay, think. Okay, so not nuts, but yeah. above average. Above average. Let's find out about I this guy right great. here. Look yeah, at that. it does. It looks very nice. Well. Uh-huh. Yeah, Pretentious is never a letdown, mm -hmm. man. So I'm excited to try this bad boy outright. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm also super stoked that my wife and uh, her sister yes. made it back from Asia Hell alive yeah. and corona-free, man. That was, uh, that was a little bit of a 
I don't know, like a born moment, right? It kind of like, I can't get out of the country. Yeah, exactly, man. We've got to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> was that Jason Bourne? I think he did that, didn't he? <laughs> he sure. What if they he did should that? have? What if they were like the next born movie and they're showing the preview and it's like, we got to steal the Declaration <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We know this of movie. Independence? It's already happened. And then Nick Cage shows up as the villain. <laughs> Yeah, they made it out, man, and, and Jesse's whole scenario of getting out of, of China where she was living, teaching English as a second language and coming back to the States was mm -hmm. was crazy, but yeah. she made it back okay, and uh, she's doing a little self-quarantine right now, just yeah. just in case, you know, mm -hmm. which do So like, she's kicked back with a 12-pack of Coronas. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. And you got to find someone with that Lyme disease because you can't have Corona without a Lyme. <laughs> she's just looking it. for deer ticks. You're like, come on, where's that Lyme <laughs> come disease? Come on now. Dude, I feel glad that she got back because, man, I don't know if you saw that thing where these people are stuck on this mm -hmm. cruise ship for like 14 days. I did see this. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. And dude, some of those staterooms in like the middle of the ship don't have windows. Yeah. And they're small. Mm -hmm. And you're locked in there for 14 days. Like, mm -hmm. imagine you just went on a trip or That's, went on uh, your honeymoon and you're essentially in solitary confinement for two fucking weeks. Yeah. I would lose my mind. And, and you didn't do anything wrong, even. Also that. Yeah. <laughs> like, the idea of solitary confinement, other than keeping a dangerous prisoner away from other prisoners, is that they can think about what they did wrong. I guess so. Like, yeah, that's what I'm thinking about what in here. What you did wrong is... I'm thinking about how I'm going to kill you when I get out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Took the wrong vacation. Let's get a pull of this thing oh, yeah. here and see what that's about. It I'm looks excited. very tasty. It looks mighty oh, wow. fine. Smells, smells really nice. good. Yeah, it does. Smells a little bit malty. I'm having a little bit of sinus congestion and stuff going yeah. on, as you can surely tell by now. Mm-hmm. How's that treat you? Doc, something good? Yes. Okay. It is oh. different. It is like, different. It's got the stout qualities to it, but like... Just as kind of they're starting, you get some of that plum sweetness yeah. that backs it up. But it's not too sugary either. It's really not. It's it's nice and malty. It's stout. It's still lighter than I thought it would be, though. Exactly. Damn. Huh. That's very nice. That like is. that's like the weird stout that you could have in like the spring or summer, mm -hmm. and it wouldn't yeah. be like too heavy, you mm -hmm. know. Wow, that's unique. I can't really compare that to to anything. Yeah, that I've had I think before. I could drink a few of those. I won't. Yeah, but I, I so. could. <laughs> very nice, man. I think about the only things I've had time to watch since I got back uh, is like half of Toy Story two and Toy Story three. I think that's about okay. all that I've watched, man. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, though, it is crazy to see the quantum leaps in the animation and stuff that they made. Yeah, it goes far. Because what, uh, what two was like, was that 2001 or something, something like that? Yeah, yeah, it was early. And then three was then Quite later, later 2000. Yeah. Yeah. And we're doing that so we can watch Toy Story four, which oh, is right. on Disney plus. And I haven't seen it yet. I haven't, I haven't seen three either. God damn. I, I swear to God though, man, like even when you know it's coming, the very end of Toy Story 3 where they reach out little hands and start holding them. Fuck, Aww. man. It's crushing. It's yeah. just absolutely brutal. Why yeah. does Pixar have to fuck with my emotions like this, dude? Because uh, they love you, Ben. No, oh. They're trying to teach you about love. You been watching anything? Yeah, I watched a whole bunch of stuff because we Tell haven't recorded in a couple weeks. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. We did a little double up there making up yeah. for when I was going to be gone. I'll try to just abridge it and say I watched Venom. Okay, I want to know about Venom. You're talking about the Tom Hardy yeah. Venom, which has no relation to the Spider-Man or well, Marvel Well, but universes. it does It does probably now because of the Morbius movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Because the Morbius movie seems to have the vulture in it. So, um, so, yeah, it's bad. I was really thinking it would be bad. It's bad. It's What's bad? bad? What makes it bad? It's not 
terrible, but it's bad because it could have been better easily. Like they, what they seem to go for is all over the place in the Venom verse. Like, and they also they are also introducing him basically as a a hero, which is not like there is a hero Venom, and that is Agent Venom. Okay, so how does the symbiote get to Earth? Uh, it, it, like astronauts or whatever. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. it does stick with that. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, and I hopefully because the the whole Venom symbiote like background story because the symbiote like there's like a whole planet. And, yeah, yeah. Like a symbiote god. I I yeah. love Venom. Venom yeah. was like always one of my favorites. Super interesting, and he could be very interesting and in part of like the Guardians of the Galaxy universe or oh, something. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, dude. And also, really don't mind the idea of uh Tom Hall, uh, Tom sorry. Hardy, Tom Hardy. Yeah, yeah I Tom love Hall. Tom Jesus. Hardy. Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock. No, I do not. I think he works just fine as Eddie Brock, and then he's just fine as the funny Venom. He's just fine. It's just with the Marvel movies, we're not used to just fine. We're used right. to being like, yes, fucking kick ass. That is who Iron Man is. That is yeah. Spider Man. Would this like, have been like passable if it was released in the era of like X Men? Yes, it would have been okay. uh, much more passable. It would have been like it's better than Spider Man Three for sure. Definitely, it's it's the best Venom movie that currently exists <laughs> of all yeah. the Venom movies. Yeah. It's of, number of all one. two. <laughs> so yeah, I was disappointed by it and really just like. But like, what really makes me angry at movies is when I see where they could have easily gone the right way. Like, if if it's a sh- like low bu- budget shitty movie, I'm not gonna get mad at it. But when it's they're spending like hundreds of millions of dollars on, on this, it's like take property. some time with those hundreds of millions of dollars. Just take some time and make sure this story is interesting and fun and and put it in the hands of people that give a shit about the yes, source material. Find people who actually care. That's usually the most important thing. And Sony has never been great at that. They no. just lucked into Sam Raimi. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Sam Raimi, did you hear yes. that he's doing the new St- Doctor Strange? Oh, my God. And he has, like, a huge amount of creative control over oh, it. So fuck. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that. Way on deck with Though that. Though that could also be a negative. I don't know it how... Spider-Man 3. Yeah. But that was actually Sony's fault. He didn't have creative control over it, and he did have more creative control over 1 and 2. All right. Over 3, they, they made him put Venom, Sandman, in, and Green Goblin. I mean, come Which on, Which is dude. just too much. Yeah. Because I think they were trying to set up a Sinister Six movie back then. Oh, I see. Yeah. But it's like, you have, you can't, you can't force it. Just let it be. Like, is it not okay to make $800 million instead of a billion? Like, can you just let, let your movie make $800 million so you can set up a billion dollar movie? Like, you don't have to make every movie be the billion dollar movie. Right. And that's why Sony always fails. They try to push everything all together and make it all into work, one movie. And it won't right. work. Yeah, you're not yeah. wrong about that. Well, okay, so Venom was overall kind of shit. Overall kind of shit. Jenny all Slate's right. great. I like Jenny Slate and Tom Hardy. And uh, what, Riz Ahmed, I think, is the guy who plays the the villain. He does um, a good job. I, I, like, I can't complain about any of the acting or, or that stuff, but it's just the story and the way it comes together. It's just not good. All right. What else have you been watching? Um. Well... <laughs> We've been watching some fun stuff on the Friday night streaming chat. Oh, yeah. I've got some good ones. It has been improved vastly the past Ooh, two weeks. Okay, great. We watched Zombie 2. Fuck yeah. A Fuji couple weeks masterpiece. Ago. It's sitting over there on the shelf right yeah. there. I love Zombie 2. It's awesome. So much. It's I don't fun. know how we've not done it on the yeah. show yet, dude. Well, it's really ridiculous and bad, but it's awesome. Dude, that soundtrack and stuff mm-hmm. is fantastic. There's yeah. so many great kills. Dude, 
a fucking topless woman fighting a shark who gets interrupted by a zombie fighting a shark yeah. while her boobs are out. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Except, like, you know, it's it's, it's really bad, though. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> but, did you not hear all the, the stuff I just said? Awesome. Yeah, I love it, yeah. man. It's the a ridiculous awesome. It has so many awesome moments to it. And the conquistadors. Just, it's just so, <laughs> it's so boring a lot of the time, too, though. There's, uh -huh. like, a lot of talk. And, you know, you don't want that in these Giallo movies because they're all dubbed, and it's so annoying because you're like, that's not what she just said. <laughs> she said something in Italian. Anyway, uh, but I love, yeah, Zombie 2. We'll eventually do it, obviously. We've, we've done, it. we've done the, the Of the Dead trilogy. We still have, like, Land of the Dead. We've done Reven our uh, Return of the Living Dead, so we yeah. still got a few of those to go. Man, we got a lot of zombie Zombies movies out everywhere. there. Zombies everywhere. Yeah. So we watched Zombie 2, and then we didn't watch another movie. Is that it's so? fucking awesome. Yeah? We watched one movie, and we were like, that one was and good. Done. One and done. Quit while you're ahead. I like yeah. it. And then the next week, <laughs> we watched this movie that Dave Bichet recommended. Well, I, I, he hadn't seen it. He just found it on YouTube called Biotherapy, which is a, a J-horror from the early 80s. If it has the word bio in it, you can pretty much guarantee it's J-horror. Yeah. They love that shit. <laughs> yeah. Man. Dude, it was weird as shit, but awesome. Really? Like, the gore effects were cool. The um the whole, like, plot behind it was this weird sci-fi-ish, like, craziness going on. And it was only 35 minutes. Now we're talking. Yeah. It was... Every beat of a bad movie, except they didn't waste time. And huh. it made me realize, like, most of the bad movies we watched, if they cut it down to 30 minutes, I would have been like, meh, fine. That'd been fine. Yeah. Right on. Okay. And then we watched, and, and this is all I want to talk about for the rest of my life, Dolomite. <laughs> Dolomite, dude. God damn Dolomite. <laughs> so I have not seen this, but you were uh, singing the praises oh, of that man. I Am Dolomite documentary thing that mm -hmm. you just watched. So. Well, it's not a documentary. It's a, it's a recreation oh, yeah, of the right. making of, and it, it stars Eddie Murphy, and it's awesome. Uh, Dolomite is my name is on Netflix. I recommend it. So you, you don't uh, have to have seen the movie to okay. enjoy that. Right, yeah. right, right. But seeing that got you ready to watch the movie. Got me ready to watch the movie, and then watching the movie, like, it, I think maybe if I hadn't seen Dolomite is my name before, I wouldn't have gotten into it as immediately as I did. But knowing that it's a comedian, and this is supposed to be fun and funny was just like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, it's just this over-the-top ridiculousness, and, like, he's delivering his lines like a guy who can't act because he's a guy who can't act. And, yeah. like, crazy shit happens. Like, he uh, grabs a man's guts through his skin and rips him out. I like that. He hates him that much. That's a good move. Yeah. that That is what... Finish him. That is what causes his FBI friend to say, God damn dolomite <laughs> you ripped and that I, man's guts out and i keep saying that all the time like <laughs> just walking like anything it just Any comes ahead. It always work god damn dolomite uh it's i mean it's just crazy he's got an army of uh kung fu prostitutes uh he's got all sorts of guns they're just shooting guns all the time they blow up a car it's amazing it sounds like black dynamite well black dynamite's obviously you know working off of that gotcha yeah I mean, because well, I mean, black exploitation films already existed before Dolomite, and so they were working off of that sort of um, rubric itself. But these are black exploitation films made by all black cast. Everybody involved is black, basically, except the the shooting crew. They got these kids from USC to come down to uh, Compton and shoot it. But it's it's just like 
fun and funny and was exactly what the black audience at the time wanted because like they couldn't get distribution for it and so basically rudy ray moore was doing the roadshow version where you just take it places and like here's my movie let's show it and they Got sold on. out and wow. made their fucking money and then people came along and were like uh, oh i think it was dimension actually came along and was like hey we want to buy your movie so he proved to them that there there was enough money in black audiences to make movies that that are specifically going toward them cool yeah well, it so, sounds like something cool. I need to watch. It sounds ridiculous. Yeah, it's awesome. I definitely want to see that, yeah. man. No, wait till you see the sex scene. It's... Oh, my God. <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot of stuff I'm, like, dying to watch right now, too. Um, like I said, we're going to watch Toy Story 4, which is not horror-related, but I absolutely can't wait to watch Parasite. Everybody's oh, yeah. been blowing up about this movie, and it just, like, yeah. destroyed the so, Oscars. Um, I haven't, obviously haven't seen it yet, but uh, have you seen Snowpiercer? I've seen Snowpiercer, that which was is him. crazy. Yeah. It's a cool movie. Well, yeah, I'm dying to watch Parasite. Though, yeah, man. so I want to see Parasite as well, and it, as soon as we can, we'll do it on the show. Because hell yeah, I mean it. It's not a horror movie; it's a psychological thriller. But yeah, I've heard it gets crazy twisted. Towards Maybe we should the just end. do a whole month of psycho, like Silence of the Lambs, yeah. Seven. Parasite. Yeah, these things that kind of like ride the line. Yeah, you know. I mean, we've done idea. stuff like that before, Mother, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, I, I I'd love to see it. Right on. I read the sort of plot synopsis and I was like, yes. I don't know like anything about it and okay. I, I want to keep it that way. Yeah. I want to go in keep totally that way, blind. Yeah, you know? the, reading the plot synopsis, I was like, we needed this movie. Killer, yeah. dude. Well, yeah, we'll definitely be doing that one soon sometime here on the show. But of course, we're here today to be talking about Jordan Peele's 2019 Us, which is a, a crazy fucking movie. Uh, obviously, this is going to be very spoiler heavy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, this came out like over a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> If you're listening to this episode and you don't want spoilers, go back to our mini-sode last year and listen to like the first 15 minutes. Yeah, we did a little spoiler-free section yeah. on there. Uh, the overall evaluation is, yes, yeah, see the movie. See the movie, yeah. Yeah, so if you're looking mm -hmm. for our opinion on, should you watch it or not? Yeah, watch yes, it. Yes, mm -hmm. you may leave the podcast Bye -bye. now. <laughs> Everything from here on out is going to be very spoiler-heavy, so yeah. don't let us ruin it for you. It's a really crazy movie. Uh, but the main sort of gist of this flick is that it revolves around cloning. They be cloning, Steve. They be cloning. They be cloning, cloning. I remember when they cloned that sheep, Dolly. I remember when they did that. Yeah, hello, yeah. Dolly. Yeah. People got real scared about that. Yeah, they're going to clone a bunch of people and they won't have souls. Maybe Turns they never out. had them to begin mm -hmm. with. Maybe it's that. Yep. So, uh, Ben. Yeah. We found some movies. A list of movies about clones. Oh, what's about clones, huh? Yeah. Well, maybe we talk about those. I think we should. Why don't we? Well, why don't we, we slide on in, in to the preview palace? Welcome to the preview palace. It's really like we're clones. We're tethered. Yeah, we're tethered. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> and before we get on to the movie review portion of the show here, let's talk about some of our favorite movies and not favorite movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of them there aren't be as about good. cloning, man. Yeah. I. I mean, I think. The the obvious one's got to be uh, uh, Body Snatchers. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, yeah. That's that, an obvious yeah. one. That's an obvious one, and there are three versions of that. I, I think, think so. Yeah, so... And you love them all. I don't. I actually don't like any of them too much. Uh, I'll be honest. I've never seen any of them. Yeah, they're they're not great. I mean, they, they had an important message, I guess, in the 50s. In the 70s, uh, which is, I think, the best one with Donald Sutherland, 
It's uh, it's real interesting in some ways, but mostly just boring. Okay. I feel. Yeah. I think a lot of seventies horror movies fall they into are. that though. Yeah. Yeah, where they're just a little too long. Important yeah. but boring. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. I mean, uh, there's also movies like Michael Bay's The Island. Which, which I maintain is not that bad. I maintain isn't good. We don't like Michael Bay. <laughs> we don't, obviously, because we yeah. like things that are nice over here. Well, does, is there a Michael Bay movie I like? Bad Boys. Bad Boys. Bad Boys. There okay. we go. All right. So he, he has not all of his stuff is shit, but I, I just didn't think that the island came together well, but it's, I mean, this story's interesting. This is really cool. This is cool. Yep. But you said it's like a, it's a remake, huh? I didn't know that. I think so. I believe it's a remake or an adaptation or something. Yeah. I, I didn't really read about it. <laughs> I was going to, but I read about a whole lot of stuff. You'll hear about it in the next couple hours. I think it was a, a remake of a, a British flick called, He's a clone, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't that a clone over there? <laughs> hey, clone. Mate. Yeah. Can we get a pint? <laughs> I think that was it. Yeah. The British are known for asking clones if they want to get a pint. Yeah, yeah. Because a clone can't get a pint and then you kill him oh that's how you know mm-hmm. can't get a point mate <laughs> there's Fuck also the, the tom cruise movie oblivion which i haven't seen i haven't seen that either i heard it was surprisingly okay i did, i heard that as well i actually preferred uh live die repeat i like that movie a yeah lot. i thought that was, that cool was fun yeah, yeah it was a fun movie but that's not about clones. no it's not what is what is about clones, Ben? Well, let's just start with a little movie called Moon. Moon. With, yes. That's got a Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Love Sam Rockwell. Guess who else is in it? Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, this movie, I mean, honestly, even just by saying that Moon is a movie about clones, we just spoiled the whole movie. <sighs> right? Fuck. See, the thing is, though, is like, I heard that it was really awesome, and then somebody spoiled it for me. Just now. His asshole did. <laughs> nah, but I mean, like, it's been out for fucking 10 years Fuck, or something. So I'm, not really that, I'm not really that worried is about that it. Is that true of any of the others here? It's true of most of these. <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> None of these are new movies, though. Yeah, Come on. They're, yeah, Duncan Jones' Moon came out over a decade ago. I've heard that's a really cool flick. It's great. Though, I really watch enjoyed it. it. In fact, honestly, the twist is not... Oh, actually, it is. It's kind the, of important. It's like the whole thing. Got it. Yeah. Movies about dead people. The Sixth Sense. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you got yeah, Moon, though. I really enjoyed Moon. Uh, then there's The Prestige. I really liked The Prestige yeah. a lot. Or at least I think I did. I only saw it one time, but I I've remember really, couple. really, really enjoying it, man. You've, I, got a, you've got a fucking Dave Bowie in there. You do. You do. And it's it, like, so the central premise is interesting to competing uh, magicians. The, you know, uh, Edison addi- Tesla. Thing. Yeah, the addition of the Edison Tesla thing, I think, is very interesting. I mean, it's it it's not steampunk. I can't remember what they call it, mm. but it's like the just this real interesting melding of what, what when we tend to think of say the early late nineteenth, early twentieth century, we all think of people in stuffy coats and we Top don't even th- we monocles. don't even think about cars when you try to think about that but like cars existed by the time like the late 1890s and early 1900s cars were already around electricity was being discovered like all these things were happening all quickly and it's just this real interesting blip of a moment where you know things were exploding and becoming new and vibrant and different so I think I think the setting choice really made the prestige for me. Yeah. Yeah. I like it a lot, man. It's a gorgeous flick and the way that it kind of takes a turn towards the end of the movie, yeah. I 
did not see uh, no. coming at all. No. I think that's part of the reason I liked it so much. Yeah. Uh, what about a little flick called Boys from Brazil? Now, Kate has seen this movie and has told me that it's really awesome. And I know the basic premise of it. And it sounds like something that would be right up my alley. Because it sounds really fucking weird. Yeah. That's... It- that's the way to put it. Okay, right <laughs> really on. Really fucking weird. It's got some people who's down there cloning Nazis or something, right? Yeah, in uh, South America. This is, I mean, like, you know, based off of the, the not, not just time. conspiracy theory, but actual fact that a lot of Nazis escaped from Germany to South America yeah. uh, to escape the Nuremberg trials. So it's basically based off that idea. And if you haven't seen it, You'll be really surprised by the fact that you kind of have. It's been like referenced and homaged a good bit wow, in a okay. lot of science fiction. So, uh, I, I maybe I'll try to not go too much into it. Okay. I'll just say, uh, definitely worth watching and definitely weird. <laughs> right on, <laughs> yeah. man. I want to see that. So, here's one you have seen, Ben. What's that? And one we've covered on the show <gasps> Jurassic pork what jurassic park that's about dinosaurs yeah but they're clones they are clones of each other though. yeah that is true that's kind of like briefly touched on mm-hmm. it's way more fleshed out yeah. in the book and stuff yeah yeah they are essentially just sort of clones of each other mm-hmm. which you know i guess they kind of like decided to shit on that later on oh, yes they did remember yeah. chris pratt has like all the raptors that are all unique and this one's smarter yeah. than the others that means it's not a clone yeah but all the dinosaurs <laughs> Of all them lesbian dinosaurs, listen to our episode yep. about that, and Check you'll find out. out all about Seriously. it. Seriously. Jurassic Park's all about women and lesbians taking over the world, y'all. That's a fact. It really is. Yeah. It's a fact. Mm-hmm. Check out the episode. Watch that movie again. Tell me I'm wrong. You can't. You, you can't. can't. You can't. Now, let me tell you, Ben. Despite the fact that I don't like this movie. Uh-oh. I, I didn't realize that it fits into this category until I was really researching trying to find movies to say for this list. The Fifth Element. Now why in the world would you not like that? You've got a Lilu who's a gorgeous clone lady. She's a clone of the Fifth Element itself. Exactly. Yeah. So why wouldn't you like that? Oh, I, I, that's an interesting idea. I just it just embarrasses to me. I don't know <laughs> why. Like, I don't know how people watch it and don't get embarrassed. It's oh. just like... It looks Quite like easily. in every scene, everybody was like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> okay. Really now? All right. And then Chris Tucker was like, I'm wearing, you wrapped a carpet around me, a cheetah print carpet. He did that. Yeah. And you've dyed my hair blonde and you just want me to go out there and Chris Tucker it up. All That's right. the idea. I guess I will be the best part of this movie. <laughs> if I have to. Yeah. You need to give it up. Second, third, Dude, fourth, fifth it, chance, I've Steve. given it so many chances. It is a very silly movie. It's a silly movie. I kind of liked Lucy. That was him, right? I think that was Lucy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe you did kind that. Kind yeah. of like Lucy. It the ending made ridiculous. no sense. Yeah, it got kind mm-hmm. of ridiculous there at the end, but yeah. it had some enjoyable moments in yeah. there. Didn't he do that that other fucking sci-fi movie? Oh, uh, the uh, Valerian. Valerian or yeah. whatever it's called. Yeah, that's not good at no. all. That's really bad. No. It's a really bad movie, man. It is. I am Luc Besson. Why are you talking to me like this? <laughs> That's my French accent. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's not bad. A big, a big, a big Quebec. Sacre bleu. <laughs> Sacre bleu. 
You want Let's... me to make the movie? Bon Who wants a la bat blue? <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> yeah, that's French. Yeah. I'll save the best for last, Ben. Okay, what's the best one here for last? Multiplicity. Multiplicity <laughs> with Batman. Michael Keaton and Michael Keaton and Michael Keaton. Shit, man. Mm-hmm. And more Michael Keatons. There's a lot of them. Uh, it's not that great. I just wanted to name it last because it is the cloniest of the movies. It might be. Yeah. It might be, man. <laughs> it's the cloniest of them for sure. You know, we could have put a uh, little bit of Army of Darkness on here. That's got yeah, little, little, little ashes little running around clones there. Of him. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. even think about that. There's a couple in there. We could have just spent this whole time talking about the uh, the Spider-Man clone saga from the uh, late 90s. Am we I right? could have. That wasn't or good just talk about all. the Clone Wars. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Plenty of those in there, too. Clones, have we? War will they do? <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. That sounds like something. I think that was a line there. in I'm pretty there. sure it's in there. <laughs> you guys let us know what your favorite clone-based features that we missed on the list here are, but I think that's probably the majority no, there of them, are a few. There are a few that I, I saw that I just have not seen and hadn't Dude, heard of. Dude, where's my clone? <laughs> Dude, where's my clone? I was think we're on a there. clone now. <laughs> Stuff like that. There a clone a, in the dark. There was one with uh, Garfield. What's his name? Fuck. What's his first name? Andrew. Andrew Garfield. Okay. That I, was I read the, it was like Bill Murray. Yeah, but yeah. It's a, but there are two. It's a two Lorenzo kids. Music and Garfield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lorenzo Music and yeah. Bill Murray That's are right. Garfield and Garfield. Uh, no, it's it's <laughs> it. I won't uh, say too much, but it was basically about a, a world where we have clones and we use them for body parts. This sounds like the island. Sounds though. like the island, yeah. but in this case, it's a little different. Okay. Just a little different. All but right. yeah, they're similar. The island and they're similar, except the island is full of uh, action shots and Hell uh, yeah, cars. Yeah. yeah. Well, Steve, the subject of our show here that we're going to be talking about today is none other than Jordan Peele's Us from 20 and 19. And uh, longtime listeners of the show will know we did a mini-sode on this with our first impressions Yeah, right after we saw the movie whenever it came out. And there's and- definitely stuff we said in there that... We won't be saying in here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll try not to retread too much. Yeah. I mean, there's things that we can't not say. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I I don't want to go back and talk about the allegory of the cave too much, but that was something that we talked about in the mini-sode about the philosophical concept of Plato's allegory of the cave, where someone is kept in a cave, and there's a light source from behind them that shows them shadows of what's going on in the world outside, but... They can't actually see the world outside. They just see the shadows. And basically, he was talking about how our perception eliminates us from actually seeing the truth. That sounds like some kind of new age hippie bullshit to me, Steve. Can't get into it. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) talked about it more in the minisode. In this, uh, I think there's just too much more to talk about than that. And that that actually is a loose fit, honestly. I think that we both kind of knew that this is one of those movies that you definitely are going to need to see yeah. a couple times. Like yeah. we just saw it in theaters mm-hmm. uh, whenever we did that mini sode. And uh, yeah, you definitely can't catch everything on, on one viewing of this flick. So. This is the most I've had to research a movie in a long time. No doubt. Yeah. And not in, not in a bad way, not where I had to like be looking for obscure sources, but like there's just so much in here that is obvious that it me- it's supposed to mean something. And while I couldn't find meaning for all of the things, certainly, a lot of the meanings were became like, oh, that's definitely what he was going for. Wow, yeah. Yeah, because this is connected to this other thing he was doing, and this is connected to this other thing he's doing. So there's this, like, vast web of interconnections of what I will say, like, you know when, say, we're talking about a movie and... Uh, 
maybe somebody's listening and going, fuck you, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is not about that. Yeah. And it's like, maybe not, honestly, because I, I don't know if the writer of Nightmare on Elm Street three is an educated person who like really knows their stuff or they're just somebody who wrote a horror movie but i know this about jordan peele and robert eggers and tons of other people who are making these great horror movies now yeah they're smart people that know things about stuff they are educated people they're well read they're well versed in all sorts of stuff so it's not you gotta think it's intentional Yeah, yeah it's not digging to find these things it's intentional for sure right on yeah i definitely did notice a lot more things this time around uh, and this is only the second time that I've watched it, so I'm sure if I watched it a couple more times, I could probably find even more little threads to, to mm-hmm. tug at, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think, obviously, one of the things that we got to say about this movie, first of all, is that the the cast Gosh. does a, a fucking fantastic Lupita job. Nyong'o is so fucking good. Like, yeah, she's in great. general, she's great. but in this specifically. Yeah. She and, is so good. And I'm not going to lie, I still do have complaints about a lot of the movie, honestly, like I'm mm. not, I'm, I'll just, you know, put it on front street. I'm not head over heels for this flick, honestly. Okay. Um, but Lupita does an incredible job. Even if I don't really like a lot of what she does with the, with red, the, the mm. tethered self, I still think the voice and the delivery is just corny. I know that she did a lot of research and stuff and yeah. based it around people that have that, uh, that, that crazy disability yeah. that causes like, uh, spasms in your voice box and all yeah. this stuff. I understand I just don't think it sounds convincing to me. It sounds like somebody doing like, a voice. I I'm, I don't get this complaint. I know. I still I'm, don't. I'm rare. Most people really like she it and are freaked out by it. She also hasn't talked in 20 years. Right. She wouldn't sound normal no matter what. Sure. So what did people want the voice to be? Man, I don't know. But it just sounds like somebody doing a voice to me. Like, it, I think it just seems corny. Okay. You know, but uh, clearly I am in the minority there. Everybody you're else not, seems to really dude, like I it. I don't think you're in the minority at all. Yeah? I was surprised by the comments on the Facebook and stuff. People hate this movie. Wow, yeah. People don't like this at all. I don't, I don't get that. Like, I, I seriously, like, I think this is uh, not on the same level as Get Out. Because Get Out is a, a very well self-contained story that, despite the fact that it uses mysticality combined with science in a very strange way that, like, isn't fully explained, it works. Like, yeah, it the, does. The, the lack of explanation works. Yeah. So uh, this, and you you said this before, and and I didn't uh, I didn't think about it, but I agree with you that uh, this movie maybe has too much exposition. Yeah, I think and so. And that is the problem. Because, I, I like, so. if you cut some of the exposition that kind of tries to explain it, it's the same movie. Like, by explaining yeah, it, totally. you're not adding anything to it. No, huh? And, in fact, you're taking away from a potentiality for a different movie that does explain it. Because he has said that it's possible Get Out and Us are connected in the same universe and it's obvious that get out and us both use this combination of mysticality with science so it's it's possible you could then make another movie that's not about the same characters but explains some of what was going on like sure. fleshes out those yeah. ideas about this is a government yeah. program that failed hmm. and they abandoned it and blah 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 yeah so i think maybe yeah. that is what's tripping people up a lot is that it over convolutes itself and it's like you said, yeah. at the end of the day, it doesn't make it better. No, it doesn't. It does you know? not improve it. Like, to me, if if we wouldn't have had any explanation, and it just would have been like, everybody has a second self. There's all yeah. these tunnels and stuff underground all over the United States, and this is where everybody's underground self lives. Yeah. 
I would have been like, okay, that's fucking weird. Cool. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's cool. It means there's some sort of duality in humanity. You're pointing towards all these like tensions between different groups and stuff. That's all you got to do. Yeah. You don't have to tell me how they and why they exist because if you do a little, then you need to do more. Exactly. Then you got to do a lot. Then you have to explain like who's feeding the rabbits and like exactly, yeah. man, exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly where I'm at with this. Yeah, it just kind of like actually raises more questions. Whereas if mm. I mean, I know if he would have let some of that stuff be unresolved and like we're talking about, they're just they're there because they're there. Yeah. I know a lot of people would have been like really upset about mm-hmm. that. But then I think the movie is just so boldly and blatantly allegorical that you yes. can make the logical leap and be like, oh, it doesn't really matter how they got there or who yeah. put them there. It, it's about the allegory of our second selves in that which we keep case, underground. You then, know? yeah, less exposition is more yeah. there. Yeah, but then by putting it in as the government project, blah, uh-huh. blah, blah. Yeah, it, it just turns kind out of, they didn't have souls. So they have like this. They have some technology that can detect souls. I guess. Yeah, like all of that is a little also means the soul is real. All of that is interesting to me. That's real interesting, but that's not what this movie needed. No, I don't think so. This either. movie could have a like a, a third like like a, a tethered connection between Get Out and us, where you show this weird scientific program. It doesn't even have to be the us program. It doesn't have to be like connected to Get Out. You just show like a scientist finding the existence of a soul and how it revolutionizes their science. I mean. Apparently not much because it looked like regular old 1986. So I guess it would imply that there's maybe this is the same world. It just this is a secret knowledge that the government has. I that, suppose. Yeah. But again, like all of that stuff is not even important to the story at all. No. Like you don't need to get into it because the inherent fright, or at least that I felt when that little girl's in the mirror like the mirror maze in the beginning when uh sees the back of her own head yeah and sees the back of her own the fright that i felt in that moment yes is so perfect i don't care where same the the doppelganger came from where is the clone from it doesn't make it scary to me yeah it's based off slightly not not entirely but jordan peele kind of got the inspiration from an episode of um What's it called? Fuck. Twilight Zone? <laughs> Twilight Zone. <laughs> Twilight Zone called Mirror Image. And I, I watched okay. that. I don't um, know that. It's a good one. Uh, it, uh, in fact, check Twilight Zone out sometime. It's on Hulu. I, re- uh, I used to watch the old school ones uh, yeah. on like reruns on like early sci-fi channel when yeah. I was a kid. But I don't yeah. remember much about it. Yeah, them. obviously. They're all, they all follow the same beats. They, they'll get mixed up in your head. Yeah. Some of them are a little more exceptional than others. I think this is one that's more exceptional, perhaps. Uh, it's called Mirror Image. And basically, it's a, a woman starts with a woman walking up to a desk at a bus depot and asking when the bus will be there and this man just irritatedly answering her and then her you know basically calling out his irritation and him being like you were just up here 10 minutes ago and that sort of starts off the what and then later like she sees herself like in the mirror like sees herself sitting on a bench behind herself and it it has almost the same exact effect as that like uh uh, her seeing her own back of her head where it's just so chilling and i i was i don't remember having that cow lick this is disturbing (laughs) oh am i losing my hair oh shit (laughs) um so i i did like i i i've already read up on doppelgangers before but like the idea behind doppelgangers that when two people who 
look exactly like see each other that not only is it a moment of, of fear perhaps but it might be a moment where the one has to destroy the other <laughs> like dude like, is that gonna is that can't exist in the same place is that what's gonna happen if and when steve seagal and i meet yep <laughs> oh my god it's gonna get lethal dude you ever seen that video of him eating a carrot <laughs> oh my god no <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen the video of him in Russia showing off his skills and he's so slow oh, and yeah. so like it's oh pathetic. god it's so bad yeah anyway so the the idea though of uh, doppelganger like yeah cause you're like I'm the real one I have yeah. to live and, and, and it was always this like real big mystery and I get it now like when I think about it I get in you know, 1950, if you saw someone who looked exactly like you, it seems like that is so outrageous. You would never have heard of something like people maybe saw people who look kind of like them or close enough like them. You saw see somebody who looks exactly like you. You can't do what people do today, which is take a picture and post it on Instagram and everybody goes, yeah, you guys do look exactly alike. <laughs> wow. And then the you. world's like, yeah, it's not that weird. Like back in the day, it was that weird because every like, who would you ask? You ask around your town. They're like, no, I've never seen anyone who looks exactly like me because there's no one who looks exactly like me. It's impossible. But with the invention of the World Wide Web, we now see each other all over. There's 7 billion of us. You're most likely, if you don't have one currently living, throughout history somebody has looked exactly like you right or are as close enough like you that n most people couldn't tell it every time somebody posts a picture of that like there's that meme that goes around of like handsome guy at metal concert and he's like leaning over the railing and pointing mm -hmm. i get tagged like by yeah. nine different people being like dude is this you nope is this you some other dude just some other guy yeah yeah but it's a, like it's less of a big deal now like it so, like, the, the Twilight Zone episode just deals with that tension of, like, what would it be like? Uh, this has to go further than that, because now seeing someone who looks exactly like you is not such a big deal. Well, this isn't really just about seeing someone who's exactly like you. It's about seeing someone who looks like you, but is the opposite of you. Uh, yes. And we'll get into that as, as uh -huh. we go along as well. It's a mirror image. Yes. yes a mirror. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. I, I think that the mirroring... And the, um, the exact opposite element is really what we're going to get down to when we're talking about what this movie is about. Yeah, for sure. Because like those are the main issues at hand of just who are we as a people? Right. I mean, it's called us. It's about us. Like, and you know what I, I what really stuck out to me as a central component of that of that mirroring and those opposites and stuff mm -hmm. uh, this time around whenever I watched it. Have you thought about what a central figure Michael Jackson is to all of that? Yeah, because whenever you watch this, you're like, yeah, there's a Michael Jackson element. There's a Thriller T-shirt. Mm -hmm. uh, also, their suits look like the red jumpsuit mm -hmm. with the they wear, glove. They wear the glove. They kind of yeah. got the the flood pants, like mm -hmm. the the pants come up just above the ankles and yep. stuff. But but also too. Michael Jackson as an embodiment of someone who looked African American mm -hmm. and later on was white. Yeah, his hair used to be he was two completely different people, two completely different, but the same people. person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He used to have a curly afro. Then his hair mm. was straightened and greasy and thin. And well, he was at one point looking at the man in the mirror and asking him to change his ways. Yeah, that's a which good point. Pretty much is this like 
the tenant or the, the like central theme of this is the the man in the mirror is the problem like the the mirror image of you that frightens you it's it's frightening you because you know that those things are inside of you as well mm-hmm. you just choose to repress them well and that's the thing too that i think is is also such a parallel with this movie because even if you think about again michael jackson mm-hmm. he was born into being a a, a black kid, a black family and stuff like yeah. this. And then later in his life, tried to escape that and become a white guy. Well, essentially. He wanted to, yeah. He wanted to be everything that America wanted him to be. Or yeah. The world, the world. Sorry. Yeah. The like, world. Right. He, he was the world's pop star. Right. Like, to the extent of changing his face drastically through yeah. plastic surgery and mm-hmm. dying skin, bleaching yeah. his skin and all this sort of thing. And I think in a lot of ways that even mirrors the way that, the character of um, of Addie changes throughout the movie too, where she was born into this underground mm-hmm. prison world and then tried to escape it and act like she never came from that. Yeah, and lead this upper class, literally upper crust, yes, civilization yeah. life. Mm-hmm. I think that her life and Michael Jackson's even mirror each other in yeah. a lot of There's, ways. Does uh, that make sense? A lot of similarity there. Yeah, for sure. It just kind of stood it to me more this time. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, Michael went from terrible and horrible abuse to being one of the most powerful men in the world like but and according to some becoming the abuser becoming the abuser yeah, yeah. uh so yeah I, I see what you're saying i think that's definitely in there and and like yeah <laughs> i didn't even th- see this is the point I, I was gonna make about the all the shit i'm gonna talk about yeah. later and eventually just say like i could have researched this for another two weeks and still not been at a point where i could connect all the dots that jordan peele is connecting sure. here yeah which is means that one what we already know jordan peele's super smart he he's a genius yeah like, you can't be that funny and not be highly yeah intelligent. He, he's a genius i i watched uh all the key and peele halloween episodes nice and like like those guys are just too fucking smart too fucking funny, at times man. like they, they 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 just saw shit that we weren't seeing a Dude. little ahead of us i watched the inner city hogwarts one recently yeah, yeah it was holy awesome. fuck it's so uh, funny the, man. i actually did watch that too and the part where uh, i never thought about this the part where he's talking about the kid who got changed into a cat but they can't afford to change him back <laughs> and they but he's petting the cat and i just and then he's like we don't normally touch the students unless they're cats <laughs> uh and i was just thinking like in hogwarts like there would be cats running around all the time and you would want to, like, pet the cat. I guess what so. What if it's McGonagall? That's up, dude. I mean, <laughs> go back and listen to our Azkaban episode to learn about the weird, freaky lives of the Animagus. Because a, a kid could just essentially be walking around as a cat being like, look at my butthole. Look uh, at my butthole. Look at it. Yeah, pick uh. me up. <laughs> he talks like that. It's a very real Even possibility. Even he's British. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's okay. <laughs> so yeah. yeah obviously he meant to put a lot of these yeah. things into the movie so this you're, isn't you're right like i didn't even think about the michael jackson thing i didn't consider the man in the mirror as being like yeah exactly what this is about uh the choice of thriller is like a a, a good oh and and also too again let's just keep the michael jackson parallels going the end of the thriller video the person he thought was a good guy all along uh-huh. turns out to have been the villain yeah with that that weird turn with the the mm-hmm. werewolf eyes which always used to scare yeah. the shit out of me as a kid the same thing happens in this yeah it does we're at the very end of the movie uh oh and, and the kid's wearing a werewolf mask and the kid's wearing a werewolf mask yeah, yeah. 
so, so it's, yeah it it's, just it's all the there it's all there for sure and that that that's definite i would say the um the fact it you can tell who red is because she always has something red like b- before the tethered before uh what's her name her actual name Adelaide. Adelaide, yeah. yeah. Yeah, before Adelaide, who was the ground person, now tethered person, before she shows up in her red, uh, we keep seeing red with, like, the red candy apple, the red on the Thriller shirt. She's eating strawberries. Like, oh, there's right. all these indications over and over for a second viewing through that this is red. Wow. Yeah. And, and then uh, we were pointing out, too, before we started recording, that, like, later on in the movie as the attacks and stuff are getting more severe, like she's getting more and more blood on her mm-hmm. white shirt, which is yeah. turning her red. Turning her more and more red, yeah. yeah. So by the end, her shirt is like basically completely red with blood, and her hands are covered in blood. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So there's a, there's a lot going on with just every small thing. I, I want to talk about the names... Yeah, I want let's to talk, talk about, about the, the names ca- the cast to try to se- yeah to, there too. to try to set up yeah let's talk about the cast and the names because some of this I think sets up a lot of the other themes that are going on. We got Lupita Nyong'o we've been talking about who is Adelaide and also Red, Red. A, yeah yeah which, which I think okay I, I know that we're getting hot water all the time for being like we're too political and shit like this yeah but like, well dude, we are but you whatever. can't you can't fucking pretend that this movie being made in 2019. And this entire faction of people that rose up and took over the nation that were in red, the, mm-hmm. the color of Republicans. Yeah. You can't tell me that's not intentional, it's y'all. That's, it's absolutely But that's like one of the more surface readings of this. Like, yeah, I think so, That's too. one of the, like, I would think probably most people that saw the movie kind of went away with a little bit of that. But It's hard not to notice. It's hard not to notice. But th- there's even more depth to it than that. But... Uh, Red, like the name Red, I think that is exactly what it's getting at. That she she is this the embodiment leader, of, or embodiment of this soulless, hateful, terrible group of people yeah. that don't care if others die and, and, and aren't interested in anyone so else's suffering. Significant too, because she is the one among this legion of underground, voiceless, literally voiceless mm-hmm. people. She rises up and is the one that has. Even a crappy voice. Like, yeah. Not even a full-blown well, charismatic see, that's, that's voice. That's why I think the voice is important, because she is the voice. True. And her voice True. being bad and being like this like grating. And, like Donald Trump. When Trump talks, I can't imagine who listens and goes, I like hearing him speak. Yeah, really. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, but the, but the fact is, is that even just the slightest, most barely held together voice is enough to unite yep. all of these mm-hmm. people. I think it's yeah. extremely fucking significant. Yep. So you can't deny the, the no, political that cannot slant of this movie. Uh, and we talked about that a good bit in the Minnesota. Gosh, if you want does that to. mean, like, if you're, like, a hardcore Trump fan, do you watch this movie and you're like, hell yeah, they won. <laughs> like, <laughs> is this a happy movie for you? Uh, no, because there are black people that oh, are yeah. That's involved. Right. Oh, shit. Yeah. So they're like, hope there's a sequel where they, you know. Let a white one run the show. You know. <laughs> 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 All right, so uh, but yeah, that 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 is why she's called Red. Here's why she's called Adelaide, and, and there's no way Jordan Peele can deny this. I think he takes the name Adelaide from Nell Carter's "Give Me a Break." What? "Give Me a Break" was a show that was on NBC in the early to mid '80s. It had a character 
named Dr. Adelaide Addie Wilson. Which, just so you know, family's name is... They're the Wilsons, I know. Wilson. Yeah. What the fuck? Uh, and this is a comedy. The character was, though, and this is crazy. Like, if you read the character description, it is so specific. Like, she, she has a PhD and she runs the Department of Graduate Studies for History, English, and, and all this other stuff. And it's like, that, like this is a, a character that's supposed to represent a smart, educated, successful black woman. In the mid-80s. In the mid-80s. Yeah, yeah. Somebody so, who's probably crawled her way up. Yeah, exactly. So giving her their, uh, this name wow. is just trying to indicate to this character. Now, that's not like... All these others That's I'm not gonna a reach to me yeah. at all. No, yeah, because it's the exact same name and she has the same like nickname. Like, but all these others are a, a little bit more like obscure. Some of them are pretty obscure. But some of them is, I think I have an idea about, but some of them are a little yeah. like, okay. That's just like overt. So, uh, like Gabriel and Abraham, they're both biblical names. Gabriel is an angel. Abraham, you know, the the basically father, father of, of nations. Judaism. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which that could be used to symbolize that. Yeah, you know, he was going to come up to the surface and repopulate the. Yes, the earth. exactly. He's the high father, uh, and and then you know, Gabe on earth is just uh, Gabriel means God is my strength, but in some ways I think it you know is supposed to represent him as he's not called Gabriel he's yeah. got Gabe the short form and, and what's that his, would just be strength like yeah he's just he's represented by being big he, he's a huge dude he, yeah the Winston got Winston Dukes, that's the name I was looking yeah, for yeah that guy's gigantic yeah dude uh, but, and I love his corny fucking dad yes, character so he much da- that's the thing he's so good at being a dad and then the other guy is named Abraham like, he's named High Father, but what we know about Abraham is he was crazy and almost sacrificed one of his sons. Right. Like, like he's Old Testament. He's Old Testament. <laughs> Gabriel over here is just this sweet, stupid dad. He's like, just, you know, does dad shit. Like, wake up the kids real loudly. Because you woke him up when you were a baby, so now he's getting his revenge. Yeah. Uh, show up with the boat just honking the horn. All his corny dad yeah, shit. Yeah, all his corny it. dad stuff is, is great. Y'all spoiled. Y'all spoiled. I love that, dude. That one's a great one. I'm totally saving that, man. He reminds me so much of my friend John, man. John is the best, so he reminds me of him. Okay, so Zora is... um, The daughter. The daughter. Yeah, the daughter, Zora, she's like the the track star, etc. I think she's obviously named after Zora Neale Hurston um, because Zora Neale Hurston attended uh, Howard. Which is Gabe's oh, he wears that on a sweatshirt uh-huh. the yeah. whole fucking time. Yeah, though Zora uh, also means dawn, and a lot of what you'll see in the names oh, is that the Umbra positive side. Shadow. Yeah, Umbra yeah, means yeah. shadow. Zora means dawn in huh. Slavic language, so or early Slavic languages. Uh, so yeah, a lot of what you'll see is that a, a light reference and a dark reference. Okay, makes sense. So uh, with Jason. And also, too, by the way, yeah. she she does a, a great job. Oh, yeah, she's amazing, especially as her tethered version. Like, she does so well with that just creepy face. Like, yeah, 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 um, very stoic. Jason, I wanted to believe because it's Jason and Pluto that it was probably Jason and the Argonauts, but I, I looked through everything about Jason and the Argonauts. There's no connection with Pluto. I couldn't really find a good connection. And then it was like, Oh, he's fucking Jason Voorhees. He yeah, wears exactly. a mask all the time. And his mom is the bad one. And his mom is the bad one. Yeah, right. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Jason thing seems pretty obvious when you look at it that way. Yeah. Uh, the Pluto thing. I, yeah, that was a think? little bit tougher. I mean, Pluto uh, 
uh, ruler of the underworld. Uh, you got okay, that. So, but... so here's the thing. If you look at it from the very scholarly, mythological perspective, you're like, okay, he's ruler of the underworld. This kid's a demon, whatever. Yeah. Pluto's a dog, though, in Disney universe, and this kid acts like a dog the whole movie. That's probably it, because I right? couldn't find a good connection with Pluto. Like, he scampers around on all fours. Yeah, mom he does. mom he's pets him on the head. Uh-huh. He's a dog. Yeah, okay. So. Yeah, I think maybe Jason, I <laughs> maybe think maybe the that. character of Jason is that simple. And that's a good thing. Uh, we'll talk about later the connection between Jason and Pluto and why he seems to still be able to control his. Now, their connection to me is, is interesting, though, between Jason and Pluto, mm. because it doesn't seem like Pluto wants to overtly, like, murder Jason. No. Like, the other ones all seem to have insidious means in fact, for their he and Pluto self. seem to have similar interests. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'll just go ahead and say why I think that is. I And I, I've seen a lot of people say this is like a plot hole and it makes no sense, but I think it makes perfect sense. Jason is young. When you're young, you have not decided who you are. Okay. In this movie, its central tension is... That we decide who we are, but we can't throw away who we're saying we're not. Mm-hmm. Because if you had to make the decision to be this person, that means you also felt the other way. So as you become a, an adult, as you grow into your teens and become this person, you're deciding who you're going to be. Jason hasn't gotten to that point yet. That's fair enough. So he yeah. and Pluto are extremely similar and still seemingly connected. He He can still seem to control pluto just Mm. by doing mirroring they're a lot more mirrored yeah Yeah. the other ones are and i i think maybe like it also has to do with their connection by the fact that he is the child of red and that means they're both half bloods i guess yeah but that would also that would also be true of umbra and and that actually would be true of no, it would only be true of them because yeah, only yeah. one person has come up on the surface. So yeah, so these these two sides are equally half sold. I guess <laughs> like so. they're yeah. they are the fullness of one another. So uh, Jason just doesn't. He's not a person. He's not a full character yet because he's a kid. Yeah, yeah. and of course you know Jason wears the werewolf mask, and, and Pluto wears the the white kind of containment mask. Yeah, that's for yeah, people who've suffered from terrible burns and things. But yeah. he's got like the scary face underneath. He does. But he also smiles. Yeah. I gotta say, the scary face underneath. Not that scary. I didn't think it looked good. I thought it oh, looked really? like kind of a crap... It, it kind of looked like crappy silly putty on his huh. face. Yeah. Like there's a clear line of like where the prosthetic started. Yeah. And then where his actual face started, you know? Yeah, and also too, it didn't turn out to be relevant with anything because it's like you said, he smiled and stuff. It's not like it made him silent or anything like that. I think though the smile that at that point is um, more about what he knows, like who who he knows Jason is and what he knows about the mom and the smile. I think maybe conveying something to Jason. I think this is where Jason start to get some of his uh, idea that like things aren't exactly right. Of course, his smile is indicating that he's going to light the car on fire. Yeah. But like, it, it seemed to me like he was, he was also conveying well, but, something like, I'm, I know who you are. But here's what I'm trying to I get know about, what you are. get from that though, yeah. is that it seems like all of these other characters in the movie, like, let's say for example, uh, Kitty. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Kate. Lizzie uh, Moss. Li- Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss. Moss yeah. yeah. You know, 
her doppelganger has these like cuts all over her face. Yeah. Because she got like plastic surgery on the above world. Yeah. So she had to get plastic surgery in the blue world. And like scissor her face, I guess. Yeah. So what happened in the above world to Jason that melted Pluto's face? Is it just because like Jason has like a potty mouth? And he's talking about kiss my anus and stuff like this. It's like his mouth is foul. Therefore, Pluto's mouth is literally fouled up. Like what what happened there? I don't get it. Well, you have to assume that that igniter that Jason is constantly trying to get to ignite. Okay. All right. uh, And it's not igniting. He is playing with fire all the time. That it, it does ignite down below. Okay. Maybe. And maybe that's what like melted his face. Yeah. But there does seem to be an interest in fire. I suppose so. Yeah. All right. Of course, that's, that's an interest. I think every kid has like I you see so. like the first time you watch a fire you're just like wow so it's just that stuff doesn't exist anymore huh yeah yeah <laughs> and then you get a boner and then you kill some animals and what the right, bad right we all that's that. everybody right uh-huh. I I got a boner then killed animals ah yeah but then I started fire and then what the bad yeah I peed all over my bed all over the bed and I was like mom I'm a serial killer <laughs> So, uh, yeah, anyway, I, yeah, that's Jason and Pluto. Let's talk about Tim Heidecker in here. Uh, yeah, dude, Tim from fucking Tim and Erica. Yeah, Tim Heidecker shows up, and, I mean, he's great. He he does, like, it, it's almost like a character you would see in a Tim and Eric sketch where everything around him would be even more ridiculous and, like, he would just be making his stupid jokes but, like, thinking he's really funny. Yeah. So he, he's playing a very Tim character. But he he's very intimidating when he's the tethered character. Yeah, he's he a gets tall pretty dude. pretty menacing. Yeah, later on. Yeah, he's a big. I mean, Winston Duke's a big dude, and Tim Heidecker's like seems to be towering over him when they he's like coming into the boat. Yeah, yeah, it's really really good. Uh, anyway, um, his tether's name is interesting. His tether's name is interesting. I jo- thought this Josh doesn't really mean much anyway. I mean, it means Yahweh is salvation, but Tex. I thought this was a pointless reference until you explained this to me. Ooh, I'll tell you what. This this immediately stood out to me. Uh, anytime I hear Tex, I think Tex Watson, because I had an obsession with the Manson murders as a teenager. Tex Watson was the ringleader of the Tate and LaBianca murders, uh, in which he took three women into other people's homes and killed everyone there, which is exactly kind of what happens. What this tether does, he brings three women into the home and he kills. They kill everyone there. That's uh that's very on the nose. It is, and yet I but still it's didn't not, catch That's it. exactly the point. It's not on the nose because it, it it's not that obvious. But then when good vibrations comes on, yeah, it's even boys. further because right. they they lived with Brian Wilson for like a couple days or something yeah, until Manson he kicked and Brian them out. Wrote some songs and stuff yes. together and stuff. <laughs> That to me, like while we were watching the movie last night, I was like, I think this is kind of lame having this mm-hmm. happy-go-lucky right. Beach Boys song playing during this. But now that it's there to reinforce the text thing even yeah. more, I'm like, okay, that's actually yeah. a pretty sick choice. So that's that's cool. Um, Lizzie Moss, who as I, I said before, was at one time my second favorite Scientologist. But when I said Beck was my favorite Scientologist, the yeah, next no more, week apparently. he said he's not a Scientologist. Yeah. So Elizabeth Moss, you're my favorite Scientologist. Stop it. <laughs> also get away from it yeah. it's fucking stupid it's crazy okay so the hers is both easy and and difficult yes okay. kitty on the surface kitty and dahlia dahlia seems obvious but let me connect the two kitty i believe is kitty genovese 
the woman who was killed in New York City while she was shouting for help and nobody came to help her and people supposedly didn't do anything. And it's oh, like in to be. the Boondock Saints. Do they don't talk, they talk about, about that? Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do, yeah. <laughs> your Gosh, favorite movie, I just movie, don't dude. remember that movie that it's well. It's your favorite it so movie. Um, anyway, uh, Kitty Genovese, she, she was murdered and it was supposedly this obvious, like... Um, clear that the people in the city don't care about each other and they became this psychological phenomenon called the bystander effect where uh, pe people are less likely to do anything when something's happening. People don't step up to actually do something. Uh, turns out, tons of people called 911 and were trying oh. to get her help and whatnot. It fake news. Very much fake news. But anyway, but th there's obviously this connection to it where Basically, a woman is screaming out for help and no one's helping her. Uh, and then the Black Dahlia, which is another woman who was put on display for everyone to see, uh, left dead in the middle of, uh, uh, where was it in LA? It's like well, South Central, not not even that far down, I don't think. She got some cuts on her face, too. And she had some cuts on her face. So the Dahlia part there makes sense, right? Um, but what I think both of these things are, are uh, women who were seemingly uh killed and displayed like mm. uh like a doll okay yeah like, um and that that's kind of how she has that kept woman kind yeah that's how persona. how kitty is is she she is this sort of kept woman this yeah and also you think of a kitty as a house pet right and so on. Yeah. yeah so like there there's a lot going on with that and i, I really love elizabeth moss's performance i mean she's I, good I, she's, she's good, good in everything yeah, yeah but, she's a fantastic actress yeah. uh for the twins uh, their their actual names are Becca and Lindsay, which I think are just supposed to be white, white girl, girl names, names yeah. for sure. Yeah, uh, and then their uh, names are Io and Nix, which are Two, both like, mythological names. They're both moons. Io is a moon, I believe, of uh, Jupiter, and Nix is a moon of Pluto. Uh, Io is connected to the moon. The Io in the mythology is connected to the moon some, but mostly her stories just a sad story of uh zeus raping her um nyx is the primordial goddess of the night so both of these are again pointing to nighttime yeah things. darkness yeah so uh, I, I couldn't really find much with all the other tether names like some of them there's like uh one person who is named uh nancy and her tether is sid there's a character named danny and his um uh, his underworld person is tony so that's an Definitely obvious reference, reference to the shining yeah, yeah there's like, a lot of shining references there's, in there's here one for sure. i think there's one that I, I was i was just absolutely floored by could not figure out in the least bit uh troy i don't know who that is he's probably just some guy who gets killed at the boardwalk or whatever and his tethered name is brand and then i remembered that troy is a character in a key and peel sketch and there's also a sketch where they brand each other. And I think maybe it was just like... Inside reference. Yeah, inside reference. Oh. Like, these are my two favorite sketches, maybe. Because okay. the Troy sketch is the high on potanus one, which is hilarious. I don't know if you've seen that one. I don't one. know if you've seen that one. Oh, okay. Well, check it out. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's there's just a bunch of, of interesting references there. But the, mostly, they don't seem to have much meaning except for the central core people. They seem to all have, like, some meanings to their names yeah yeah but i i i found i found uh interesting too that the dad's name uh, the dad of the 
little girl version of oh, Adelaide. Right, right. Yeah. His name is uh, Wyland, like in Aliens. Oh. Yeah. Like Wayland Utani. Yeah. And then uh, the mom's name is Eartha, like Eartha Kit. So, oh. Yeah. That's cool. It is cool. Man, that those two were the most unsettling upper crust, lower crust performances for me. Yeah. Like that scene where she's like having the flashbacks where she was, you know, above ground. Her dad was like giving her that t-shirt. Yeah. And then and below then ground, like his face looked fucked up. Yeah. Like, and he just like hands her the yeah. shirt. Yeah. And the shirt. Did you notice the shirt? I didn't notice this the first time. The shirt doesn't say anything. No. It's just the general really colors like and pattern that, of the thriller shirt. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of like what your dreams or like your memories must look like in yeah. your head where it's just kind of like a vague picture of mm-hmm. the thriller t-shirt. Yeah. So, I really yeah. like that a lot. So that it's like detail. they're experiencing the world in a dream state. Yeah, right? And, really cool. And like, can you imagine if you were thrown into that? It's like throwing a sane person into an insane asylum. Right. Like they're going to become insane. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't I can't imagine that for a little girl being put into that seeing these people that look exactly like your parents but yeah. aren't your parents. Yeah, that's that's the thing is like the real horror of this movie lies in the fact that uh you know, Red, who is the real mm-hmm. Adelaide had lived, I mean, how old do you think she was? Maybe 7 or 8, something like that. Yeah, I think she was like 6, 7 maybe. I yeah. mean, that's enough to where you start becoming aware of the world and your family and other Yeah, and, and, and things stick. Yeah. Yeah, so like and then being thrown in that like Ugh. that is the true horror of all of this stuff. You can say that like the scariest thing is that there's these people that live live these idyllic lives, and then these imposters show up. Yeah. The really worst thing in this is that this little girl got thrown into this underground layer of these like quasi humans. Yes. Holy fuck, man. And uh, whatever magic it is, apparently, if you're underground, you are tethered to the one above ground. Whoever is above ground is the one deciding actions. So we see her then being tethered, like when they're doing the dance and everything, like she's like all over the place because she doesn't, she doesn't have control of her body. Yeah. Uh, But then she seems to somehow learn to control, like, and they become disconnected somehow. And again, that's a little, that's a little mythology. Yeah, that's... That's where it gets difficult and sticky, and maybe some of that exposition. Yeah, because well, she just kind of describes it as, and then the miracle happened, and it's yeah. like it's a miracle. I therefore, I don't have to explain it. Yeah, you know, where where again, it's like that's where less exposition would have been more. For it me. is. Yeah, I, I want to talk about there are two religious perspectives presented in this. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear about this because yeah. there's obviously a lot of uh, biblical perspective, and yeah. there's even talk of like God a couple times throughout this movie. As well as all the biblical names and stuff like that, but yeah. what's the the secondary approach you're talking about here? Okay, so there's there's definitely the biblical approach with the Jeremiah eleven eleven, and we'll, okay, we'll talk right. about what that means because it, it comes in. But the other religious approach is the, the uh, Native American when now, she walks into this the, is interesting yeah. to me because that's something that is only there at the first of the movie. Like later on, that same Hall of Mirrors has been kind of like whitewashed as yeah. like Merlin's maze. Yeah, because yeah, people uh, don't like uh, when uh, Native Americans are used as mascots and and basically oh, take, to- tokenized. Tokenized, yeah. That's exactly how to put it. That's exactly what they were going for, I think in those days was just like aren't they weird and kooky? Right. <laughs> this yeah. is crazy, right? Um so Hopi Indians. 
the the narrator who is Jordan Peele is talking about the um Hopi Indian creation myth. Okay. Now the Hopi Indian creation myth uh that they they first talk about or they're talking about the spider woman um being told to create these worlds and it doesn't go further than that. The power goes out. But what happens in the Spider Woman's creation bit? Uh, oh, this is like in the little overdub uh, yeah. like narration. Yes. Uh, in the Hall of Mirrors. Yeah. Got it. So, what actually happens in that mythology is that there are uh, four worlds that are created, and that um, as you progress from one world, you, you basically raised up from the ground into a new world okay. by a tube. So oh, okay. basically like this. old world, and new world yeah. from underground ascending. Yeah. So it, he was getting into that creation myth specifically to point to that. Like that, that's how deep he was thinking in this, that the tiny bit of narration in the background in the ha- hall of mirrors that doesn't even play all the way through was actually connected to the whole story. Uh, I was really surprised by that. And so it's interesting though when I was reading about Hopi Indian beliefs and finding out they're this they have this huge connection to the earth and this idea that like you know uh you should not uh remove resources from the ground and stuff like that that basically it disrupts the earth and upsets the earth and and then the other perspective is this Christian perspective with this line and this is um uh, interesting to me. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. This is Jeremiah eleven eleven. This is the scripture that we see written down, and then okay. it's eleven eleven is all over the repeated movie. over and over. Yeah. Uh, therefore, this is what the Lord says: I will bring on the a disaster they cannot escape. I bring on them a disaster they cannot escape. Although they cry out to me, I will not listen to them. And it's interesting. It's. You're going from a religion that is very earthbound and seemingly about taking care of one another and taking care of the earth to a religion that has a God that will bring a disaster on you that you cannot escape. Like that is a thing he is capable of doing and will do and does do, in fact, in this very book, Jeremiah. (laughs) Uh, Although they cry out to me, I will not listen to them. So, I looked into this a bit. I read something. There's a a Psalms verse that this seems to basically echo. And it really is... It really is about God committing genocide. (laughs) It's about God killing a whole bunch of people because they wouldn't listen to him. Now... She says she saw the face of God and the face of God is her above ground. Like, so to them, the above ground people were like gods. Wait, when she says I saw the face of God, right? Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. That's her seeing her above. But wait, no, but that's red. Who says that? God, this is so confusing. I know. She says, (laughs) I saw the face of God. Okay. So she, she's saying she saw herself and basically now she has become God yeah, or something. Become yeah. and she's the one who is getting this fucking uh, disaster on them that they cannot escape so the 
the contra or not contradiction, but the the fucking Parallel? shit comparison, the parallels between the Christian hateful death god and this uh, wonderful creation mythology, uh, and how like one is about this happiness and and contentment, and the other is about making everyone the same and getting justice for crimes and wrongdoings and things like that. So it's almost like Adelaide, when she was above ground, she had come accustomed to this more like peaceful, well, you know, her dad's a little drunk, but they're having fun time at the fair or whatever. She's used to that. And then she's thrust into abject terror and horrendous shit. And her world is turned upside down. And in being thrown from that, like, peaceful world into absolute calamity, the only solution she can find is to inflict that calamity back on the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's the thing, and that that's what makes the, the twist in this movie later on that based on what you've been perceiving as the above ground mm-hmm. Adelaide was actually the below ground Adelaide the entire yeah. time, uh, I think makes that more significant to show that if you were suddenly thrust into this lifestyle mm-hmm. or this world uh, that a lot of people on Earth live in, yeah. then you would suddenly have the same brutal animalistic attitude as yeah. well. You know, people who are put into situations where they have to become adults or they have to engage in these adult behaviors early, they escape adolescence earlier. The people who've dealt with the shit are oftentimes more prepared and more capable in the world. So what we find then is that when above ground red in her world, we never see her do much until she has to actually come into conflict with herself. All she's doing most of the time is saying like, you know, she doesn't really want to go to the beach. She doesn't want to do this. She doesn't want to do that. She's constantly saying the things she doesn't want to do. And really all we get from her is that she's just this kind of amorphous person who doesn't have much personality that comes through. Nothing really shines through. Nothing is very amazing about her. When they start talking about her dancing, that's the little bit we get about her that shows her to be more human. But when we meet downstairs, uh, Adelaide, we, we see a person who not only is very capable, but has organized all of this over years and years of work she had to have done so much to make this happen because everybody else is inept incapable like she's making this happen yeah everything around her is pain and torture so she has to step up so there's like this what i'm saying uh, i would say this then is getting at is that people who come from poverty from bad backgrounds the people that the tethered seem to represent maybe in some readings sure uh the people that come from these hard backgrounds they can be far more capable perhaps than the people who have money or the people who have succeeded they can have more talent they could be better they can do more but they're never gonna get up that escalator that only goes down Okay, yeah. They're never going to get up it because the escalator doesn't go up. Right. That's it. That That's one thing about this, too. I'm glad you mentioned that that escalator, which is actually a, a de-escalator. Yeah. Because uh, I remember the first time that I watched this movie, 
in my head, I envisioned it as, oh, there's an escalator that goes up. Yeah. It's not. It's it not. just goes down. It just goes down, which is uh, about our economic state here yeah. in America. You're, you cannot you're born go in that up. shit. Yeah. And that's all that you're around. If you want to get out of it, it's not. And this, it's not an escalator. It's not stairs. Yeah. It's you have to fucking swim upstream. This is coming from someone who uh, grew up on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. This is somebody who knows, like, I, I've been privileged my whole life. Yeah. I mean, he's a black man, so he's had to deal with that, obviously. But he, he's been very uh, privileged in in a lot of ways. And he can see very clearly that there's no climbing up. Like, right. you just have to be up. There's no getting up. You either are up or you're not. Mm-hmm. And th- I mean, so that that is definitely one of the things this movie is working on is that tension between the lower class and the upper class and how in America there is no longer that stairway up. Right. It is only down. You exactly. can only fall from grace. You cannot get back up. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That's something that, that, that again, I didn't really catch the first time around. Uh, whenever I watched it, but I clearly saw it this time. That it's just like, oh yeah, that thing just goes down. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and she's able to get up it because the power goes out. That's oh. what happens. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, she gets up. I it, guess so. Power goes out, and then she gets up to the top of the stairs, and then they meet each other. And she immediately attacks out. her. That's like, she's smarter than her. It seems. Yeah, and and probably because she's grown up in the shit. Yeah, exactly. Like she knows yeah, she has the survival instincts. Like I see her, I'm in a place I've never been. I can replace her. Yeah, immediately. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cunning and quick thought. Yeah. So like the, the just the well that the also, fact is then like you have to keep the tethered down. Well, because if if you don't, yes. they they are that good. Because that's the thing that I think it's also trying to say too is that the people that have been kept down mm-hmm. the entire time, uh, if you're the person that's keeping them down, you're also just arming them with the skills that they need, yeah, to take over and destroy yep. everything you've created. <laughs> so fucking be careful. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, it, it's a it's a thing. I I we saw the same thing in green room too. True. Yes. We talked about the organizational, the organizational skills yeah. of the deplorable, horrible uh. Nazis. Yeah. God, what a movie that is. That is a good movie. We, in this country for sure, are dealing with a situation where it's no longer about working together as a country. It's no longer about being the best country in the world. It's them versus us. Them versus us. Yeah. And and if you live here, that doesn't make you us. That just makes you maybe us. Sure. Are you the right color? Do you have enough money? Where are you from? What languages do you speak? What's your job? Are you good enough to be us? Yeah, these are things that divide us yeah. versus them, which uh, we talked about in the mini-sode a little bit too, but it's like, especially with the country being as absolutely divided on so many lines uh, right now, whether that be rich versus poor, yeah. Democrat versus Republican, straight versus gay, hmm. whatever it is, the the lines of us versus them are stronger than they've ever been in this country. Yep. And also to just the fact that us could also just mean United States. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's US. A, U.S., yeah. Uh, it's I, a pretty cool dichotomy he worked into there. I mean, the, the, the line, we are Americans, is uh, it's both like a reflective bit from the bit she saw of the hands across america commercial like that that's the bit she remembers of herself hands across america i remember this commercial we 
okay, so America's where we are, and that's what we are. Yeah. We are Americans. But the statement is further, of course, like, we're fucking Americans. Like, yeah. we're living you. in your country, same as you, and we're just, we don't get anything. Yeah. Nothing. Well, and I think, too, the fact that, that the people that live underground are exact clones of us yeah. in, in every way. They look like us and everything. Uh, I think it's just a reminder, too, of what your life could have been like if you had been born under different exactly. circumstances. Yep. I mean, I, I say all the time, and, and it's easy to complain about America just because we know we know how much better things could be if things were run more responsibly and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I say all the time, it's like we, we've won the lottery just by being born here. I've never mm-hmm. had to dodge mortar fire a day in my life. Uh, only once. Only it the was one a weird time. day. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a Tuesday. And the mortar was a potato, and it was a potato gun. Okay, it could be worse. <laughs> it could be worse. But, you know, the fact is, is like in the global scheme of things, we're very lucky to have just been born here. At this time? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Eddie Van Halen's alive right now. How I'm, lucky are we? Uh, yeah. Pretty fucking lucky. But then even, you know, within that spectrum, it's like we were born very lucky to have been born into, you know, I mean, both of us grew up pretty low middle yeah. class, mm-hmm. but still we grew up a lot better than a lot of fucking people. And just the, the way true. that we could have been if I we were I do remember born, looking at the kids that had even less than us. Same. And just being like, nah, they're fucking poor. But then seeing the kids who showed up in like the brand new cars with like these super expensive baseball bats and stuff to baseball practice and just being like <laughs> it's funny when you talk about that like it, that's such a foreign world all of my school memories are like kindergarten and first grade yeah that's all that i went to school in uh-huh. so i was just imagining like a kindergartner pulling in in like a new hummer or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah like he's not old enough to drive he gets he opens the door he's got to like throw a step out so he can get out <laughs> They let him drive because he's rich. Yeah, like, I, I remember seeing that because, like, those are just middle class. I, yeah. I didn't even have contact with rich people. Right. I thought the middle class people were the rich people, which is why a lot of people in the South vote that way. Because when they see middle class people, they think, oh, that's rich, and I want to make that much money. But, man, think about them taxes. They're going to tax, if I make a million dollars, they're going to tax me a whole bunch of money. Oh, my God. Have you ever heard it? I, I've... This is one thing I have heard from people, and I just want to set it straight in case you're listening and you really think this is a thing. Hot take. I, I remember when I served tables hearing this, but I've heard it at other jobs and I've heard other people say it about their jobs. People who will say, oh, no, no, I can't work overtime. I don't, I don't want to pay the extra taxes. They think they're going to go into a new tax, tax bracket because they work five hours of overtime. Yeah. Can't do it. You're not anywhere near a new tax bracket. Yeah. I guarantee you, you oh, are nowhere sad. close. That's just some shit that their boss told them. So they wouldn't yes, have to pay it for is exactly time. what happened. And people are so dumb. They just absorb shit Ugh. their boss says and thinks like, oh, he has my interest at heart. Your boss is your enemy. Always. Yeah. Your boss has none of your interests at heart. They've hired you to perform a job and they're going to get as much out of you as they possibly can. And the day you die, somebody might say, ah. <laughs> And they'll fucking hire somebody to replace you. Yeah. And maybe somebody will say, oh, you know, so-and-so used to sit here. Oh. Yeah. But but people give their fucking lives to their job. People die at work. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, you probably wouldn't care. (laughs) (laughs) I died on stage. Hell yeah. It's cool. (laughs) Like, I mean, like people die in their like sad, sad jobs. 
And that's just it for them. Right. Like, can you imagine that movie? Somebody should make this movie. It wouldn't make any money. But the movie of the life of somebody who just died as a minimum wage McDonald's worker. Because that's the more accurate story of what happens to people in this country. <laughs> Brutal. Brutal. Brutal, man. Yeah. Anyway, so... The, that is definitely what a lot of this is getting yeah, at. Yeah, I think so because I mean, I mean, the fact is is that if you were faced with this alternate version of yourself, that if you had been born in a a horrible, brutal inner city circumstance where your parents are fucking crackheads or whatever, and you saw how you would have turned out, it would probably horrify you. Yes, because you'd absolutely. be like, "This is not me." That's such a that's such a different idea of who you are and mm-hmm. what you are. Like I I think about because like yeah, I but mean, again, it's my dad like, was in jail for selling cocaine several times. Yeah. Like my uh, I, my mom uh, was on pills yeah. legally, and because she had migraines. But this was before they realized that just giving pain pills like constantly leads to problems. First off, doesn't even help migraines. No, no. And second off, leads to major problems. So uh, I think about like what minor thing could have made it so that I just couldn't get out of it. Like I was, I would say growing up pretty close to just being one of those people that yeah. just is a person, like an NPC basically. It just goes to work, uh, hates people that don't look like him or whatever. Like, like how, how what would have had to change? I, I got lucky my family wasn't overtly racist, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, lucky that my grandparents had saved some money. Other than that, like, it, it could have been just a fuck. I'm just one of those pieces of shit that <laughs> doesn't look... I, but I don't think that's even possible. Like, when I think about myself, how is that possible? But if you saw that version of yourself, yeah. you would be, like, disgusted. Because exactly. Because it is not what you identify as exactly yourself. That's exactly my point. Yeah, because you decide who you are by saying who you're not. Yeah. But if you saw the person who is everything you're not, yeah. you'd want to kill that thing. Yeah, because you hate all of that. You've decided to not be that. Yeah. So if there was a racist, drug addict Steve out there with like a bunch of kids living in a trailer in Talbot, like, yeah, I, I hate to see that. Don't tell shit about Talbot. Oh, and not, <laughs> not that beautiful Talbot with the, the lovely luscious hills filled with trailers isn't one of the most gorgeous places in East Tennessee. Uh, damn right. Yeah. That's a good backpedaling right there. <laughs> but I mean, I, yeah, I think about that guy and I hate that guy and I don't want to see him. I, I wish that it wasn't possible he could exist. And that's where the hatred comes from because of the possibilities. Like yeah. The, like where along the way could this have happened and everything just goes to hell like and you know one thing that really kind of struck me this time around too uh as i was watching the movie with a more careful eye i guess watching for those differences between the above ground and the below ground versions Mm -hmm. of these people did you even notice the difference in their hairstyles Uh uh-uh because if you think about it like okay think about think about red Mm -hmm. red has what we perceive as a very uh, traditional curly sort of afro yeah, kind of look. Meanwhile, above ground, uh, Adelaide yeah. is kind of rocking something that is the hair is the hair is down. Yeah. It's less scary to white people. Right. She she that's rocks some little braids. That's and stuff. true. And and also uh, Gabe speaks in that white voice a lot. Yeah. Especially like when he when he was first talking to the family outside, he's in the nice like uh, white voice, but then when he's like comes out with the baseball, he's like, "All right, man!" Like yeah. he he puts some bass to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's interesting. And even too, like if you look at Zora's hairstyle is more, again, it's more of a traditional kind of like curly Afro kind of yeah. look. And Umbre's is a straightened Yeah, so they're back. just opposites. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So they even went to that detail, which again yeah. goes back to the Michael Jackson thing to me. Yeah. It goes back to Jackson 5, Michael Jackson had a fro. That's true. Michael Jackson had... Yeah, he had that like jury curl in the 80s. Oh, actually always after that. Yeah. yeah. And then just long straight hair. Yeah. Again, more and like... That was just... It just looked like a wig. It yeah, I think it was. Wet I think it disgusting. was near the end. Yeah. 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 Uh, so uh, actually, speaking of Zora, that, that goes back to my point about like the difference between adolescences. Zora is talking about track and how she's just not interested in it or anything and whatnot. And it's obvious when we see Zora and Umbra together that Umbra has a lot of talent in running. She's fast. Yeah. And she has like the, the uh, endurance to keep it up. So it's like they both have this natural talent, but Umbra is down there working on it. Whereas above, like Umbra, taking it for granted up there. Yeah, above yeah. it's being taken for granted. Down, down below, she's working her ass off to be the best at it, because they're opposites. Uh, and so by doing that, then she has the advantage over her. It's it's interesting because having the advantage over her only matters because they're rising up. It only matters because they're deciding to not let this shit happen anymore like they would never change everything would always be the same there would never be a person who just accidentally went down and was like hey all these people look like people i know and they don't seem to have any like control of themselves that's weird i'll go talk to people about it like th- it wasn't hard for the girl to find the like passageway that led down to the the tunnel and like if she found it she would have found the escalator and she would also know probably from experience that you can walk up escalators that are going down sure <laughs> like, it's very possible yeah just run you'll get up there eventually it's a little harder it's, just, it's hard but you can do it but like so like it, it's it's crazy to me that Nothing had happened up to this point to cause that. But then again, you'd have to assume because of the little bit of exposition we got that uh, that means the government is somehow hiding it, I guess. But why is there's not like anybody guarding it? But that's the thing. It is also just like hiding under a hall of mirrors on a boardwalk. Yeah. Thing where the Lost Boys is being filmed, I guess. Was it like, was this the plan all along, maybe? Is it like a hidden in plain sight thing? Yeah. Or it's just like, we're acting like this isn't going on, but it's happening right here. Yeah. I don't know. I That that part, like with all the service tunnel connection stuff, is just like, somebody has definitely come down here before. It's a service tunnel. Yeah, I should think. <laughs> like, how did they not come across this fucking escalator? <laughs> These are the problems people have with the movie, and I think... They, they just, you're, you're right. The ex, extra exposition actually makes the problems. It makes it harder to take yeah. it as purely allegorical. Because if you did, yeah, if you take it just as allegory, it all works well. Like, the rabbits make sense because the rabbits, like, they're, they're being fed the rabbits, but the thing about rabbits is uh, eating rabbit only can cause... Uh, what's called rabbit starvation. Yeah, you'll starve where, to death. Yeah, they're, they're actually too high in protein and too low in fat. 
you, you're not getting enough of the balance and you, you eventually waste away. So they're being fed minimal. They're being fed basically the worst stuff, the worst nutrition, worst possible stuff. Um, so that, that makes sense as a thing. Like you don't have to wor- worry about who feeds the rabbits until you find out that this is part of a government experiment. Then it's like, oh, okay, well, if you're going to explain yeah. how this happened, then how, who feeds the rabbits? It's not much different than, like, if in, if in They Live, if there would have been a big speech in there about, like, where the microchip that makes the glasses work the way they do comes from. And it's just <laughs> right. like, this is not helping this the This is movie. not helpful, yeah. The glasses work because they work. Now, I, I will answer some of the questions that I've seen where people are like, where did they get the fabric? Where did they get the scissors? Where did they get all this? Yeah. Cause that, that is definitely a stretch. Uh, the power would go out again and she knows to just walk up the stairs. They don't, the rest of the tethered don't get it. Sure. She can eventually teach them, but she can just go up and get shit when she has an opportunity. So you're saying she's just been going up there and collecting stuff yeah. for this. Yeah. I mean, it's but been what years. Money? She's probably stealing it. <laughs> Guess and murdering people, perhaps. But it's all, but, but it's all like matching jumpsuits and matching scissors. Well, you just and, have to break into a fabric store and steal that fabric. You can make that. But later we get the impression that it's the like entire nation that's wearing well, see, the same that's, thing. Okay, I had a question about that. I, I okay. At the end, are we seeing that it's going to be the entire nation? Or are we just seeing the length of the hands in this area? Because. We know that there are thousands of miles of tunnels. Uh, actually, it says there's th- uh, thousands of miles of tunnels, blah, 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 blah. Many have no known purpose at all. It doesn't say they connect. Yeah. So. That I, was my question, too. Like, so how if, are they So if she did get across the country, that means, again, she got out, went to other places. I don't know how she would find them. That'd be a lot of legwork, Steve. Uh, yeah. So I think at the end, what we're a, seeing a stunning amount of organization, considering you're yeah. dealing with a non-verbal, non-speaking group of people. Exactly. <laughs> That'd be a little hard, man. I, I think at the end, what we're seeing though is just the hands across America of the people there in Santa Cruz. Do you remember hands across America? Whenever that was like a thing in real life, I don't. Like I thought that was something they made up for the movie, but I guess this is real. Um, and they really did I, this. I do remember it being a thing. I it wasn't something that I I remember because I was in Jefferson City. I don't think it was coming through Jefferson City, but I believe they did it maybe up here in Knoxville. I mean, the, the actual Hands Across America though didn't even come through Knoxville. It went up from Memphis okay. to Indianapolis and then over. And it was meant to be to be this thing that would help out like the homeless and feed the homeless and yeah, the less yeah, fortunate and it raised stuff. a whole bunch of money for the home like back in the 80s uh you could actually you can still get away with this like whenever you're at walmart and they say do you want to give a dollar to this kid and you're like sure like you don't research where that money's actually going so like yeah they raised like 30 million dollars for homelessness i don't know if they used that yeah, it helped or whatever. i imagine they took money to uh pay for all the stuff that they had done up to yeah, that point the commercials and the merchandise and then they took that it. other 15 million or so and they were like uh we'll create this 4013c or whatever and uh, now we have political action committee right <laughs> we can tell people what to do with this money you should help homeless people and also maybe pass a law saying these Vote people for me. can't be here <laughs> the one thing i wanted to ask you about was the way that the the tethers sometimes it seems like when it's convenient match the actions of what's going on above ground so 
we see it in small ways, like mm-hmm. with Jason and Pluto, and like him like backing up into the fire. Right, but I mean, we see it all over when she goes down there in the first place, and you see the people who are on the on a roller, roller coaster, coaster but it's just people standing in a closet. Yeah. Which per- that that whole thing is very visually stunning to yeah. me. I think that whole thing yeah. where she's under there. And it's there. chaotic, too. Oh, just yeah, like it's, perfectly it's disturbing. It's disturbing, very fucking yeah. disturbing to see. But then most of the time they don't do that, I guess. Yeah. It just kind of seems to happen when it needs you to. You know what I just realized? They have to be connected. The The tunnels or whatever have to be connected or they still, at the very least, have to be somewhat maintained by whoever made the clones. Because... Otherwise, um, uh, Gabriel's tether wouldn't be there. And where would, like, so actually they were still doing the program when the kids were born, I would assume, right? I don't know. And somebody had to move their tethers to Santa Cruz when they came on vacation. Oh, that's right, because they were on vacation. They didn't live there. Yeah, see, again, this is where stuff yeah. starts to fall apart. It's where it like, all starts, yeah, like, too I mean, much like, exposition makes this not work. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if if you fucking take a flight to Germany, where does your tether go? Yeah, the assumption would be Germany, but they said there, there are thousands of miles of tunnels beneath Under the, the US. continental U.S. Yeah, so it's <laughs> if like, you go this to Alaska, just America. Nope. <laughs> I mean, is your, is your tether just running into a wall the whole time, or what? May, probably. Actually, from seeing how the tethers seem to operate, that might be it. They just keep running into a wall over and over and over and over until you get back. But it just seems like they do what you're doing when it's convenient yeah. for the sake of the movie. I think so. I mean, because like when, when Jason backs Pluto up into the fire, uh-huh. well, he hadn't had that level of control over him the whole movie. No, not the whole movie. And it's also... It's possible that Jason is learning... It's also, I mean, like, it's really possible that Jason and Pluto and Umbra and, um, uh, fuck, Zora are connected in a different way than the other because one doesn't have a soul at all and the other is, I guess, half a soul. Like, they're, they're connected by their, uh, genetics, I guess. Yeah. Right? Some, they'd have to be. Yeah, you're. I mean, you're right though. Every every avenue you go down, it's like, you no, know, that doesn't. It doesn't all jive together. It doesn't all come together to make sense. Yeah. So yeah, it it, it would have been kind of a problem if you think yeah. about it too much. Honestly, it would have been better to be a simple allegory. Yeah. Now, if we just cut all that and only talk about the horror movie elements of this, this is a great horror movie. Okay, that's what I was going to ask yeah. you about. Is like if you found it to be a a good scary movie. Yeah, like, this is a good scary. Me, I actually like half awake the other day. Thought Red was beside my bed, just yeah. staring at me. <laughs> like, I, and I, I was like, "What the fuck?" And I woke up and I was like, "Oh, okay." Whew. There's stuff in it that I found very, very, very effective. There's some other things in there that I thought were just kind of corny, honestly. Okay, that, that to me are, are just kind of like horror tropes that are kind of played out. All like, right. Like to me, the the intro of the movie with. You know, the, the girl descending, uh, or sorry, going through the, the darkened fun house, the mm-hmm. house of mirrors and stuff, and then seeing her second self. I was like mortified whenever I watched mm-hmm. this the first time because I was like, I have no idea. Oh, clue I should inform you. Mortified means embarrassed. Oh, I was people, terrified. People keep te- messaging me. Really? <laughs> Being like, you should tell Ben that mortified means God embarrassed. God damn it. <laughs> well, now I know. Fuck. <laughs> On the national stage, no less. I just thought it meant like petrified. <laughs> no. It means embarrassed. Well, fine. Yeah. Well, I was very scared. 
I get it. I was plum scared. <laughs> but but like other parts of the flick kind of just got into my bag of like stuff that's in horror flicks all the time that I don't think is very scary. Okay. You know, uh, like, you know, Itsy Bitsy Spider using like children's songs and creepy mm. ways I think is is really lame. I think a lot of times people acting in ways that it's like it's an evil character that's acting innocent and playful. Like there's mm. there's that part where uh, Red has like both of her hands on her cheeks. She kind of drums her fingers across them. Like doing cute things when you're an evil person mm. I think is just lame to me. Like even mm. like whenever the, the, the twins are standing at the top of the stairs and they're both just like smiling and kind of looking at the ceiling. To me, that's just lame. Hmm. To me, that's just a horror trope that I've just seen too many fucking times. Okay. You know what I mean? Evil person acting happy or innocent or cute. Eh, it just doesn't do it for me at all. Okay. I can see. I mean, I I disagree. I don't, I don't think any of these things are... I don't think that they are um, overused. I, they are yeah. tropes, for sure. You are correct in that. The... the addition of innocence to a very menacing look and things like that yeah those are tropes and they they can be used in a more subtle way and sometimes can be used in a more heavy-handed way and sometimes can work and sometimes not yeah I, i'm with you on that and then for like, sure and to like like pluto as as dog boy mm-hmm. they kind of shot him in some of that jumpy frame rate i'm skittering across the floor like an animal thing yeah and he has the michael myers head tilt i just wish it could be like a law Hmm. nobody is allowed to do that Mike Myers thoughtful hmm. head tilt. Just don't put that in your movie. Hmm. If it's not Michael Myers, I mean, you they, can't do that. They do it in The Strangers. I think they do it a lot. I think people do it a lot when they're wearing a mask because it's hard to... Like, as actors want to do something that, like, reads. Yeah. And you, you're behind the mask, so you can't. So, yeah, I think a lot of people lean on it. You're right. You know? like they do lean on that when they're and in I a know mask. that I know that that you know uh, Peel has seen enough horror movies. To oh yeah, know. He, like, he, he's seen those things as many times as we have. Oh yeah, he knows all those things for sure. But I mean, that's that's also like when I I sit down to write like so many times, I'm like, oh, this has been done, this has been done, and then like I have to constantly remind myself like, so maybe it wasn't done well. Yeah, like just because somebody's done something doesn't mean it's been done wonderfully well and also uh when you make a scary movie you gotta remember that a lot of people in the audience don't know horror tropes sure i mean we we we're sick to death with them that's why when we see something like the witch or black coat's daughter or stuff like that we're like blown away and other people are like i wasn't really impressed by it right like we're blown away because it's so far away from so many of those tropes but even though it's like paying homage to other movies it's so different and so like I think that this movie, I think it does some of those things uh, differently, perhaps, but it also just, I, I think if we weren't thinking so hard because of the exposition that's telling us about this weird world that exists, but not telling us enough so that we understand it. We're not going to be overanalyzing every single thing people do to be creepy because there's only a few things you can do to be creepy, right? Like, maybe not. I mean, maybe maybe someday we'll see somebody who's just acting absolutely normal, but they somehow make it just so menacing yeah. <laughs> where it's like, what? Well, actually, that's kind of uh, Hannibal, right? 
Like that's that's kind that's kind of how Silence of the Lambs plays out. Is just he's so frightening because of how normally seems to be, but but also the insight he seems to have into who you are. Yeah, but I don't know. There's parts of this movie, like I said, like the House of Mirrors stuff. I thought was really well done and very Mm -hmm. unsettling. I thought even that very Kubrickian like pullout shot of the rabbits with that crazy yeah. soundtrack. That soundtrack. That soundtrack's awesome. It is dope. And also Kubrickian. I would say that's something you might see in a Kubrick movie if he had made more movies. Yeah. That that uh is very weird like chanting in uh-huh. another language weird yeah. soundtrack. I thought it was very very cool. I, I was digging that. I like the rabbits, the caged rabbits and then later they're out of their cages and the it's it's almost like a representation of you know experimentation uh, which is what these people are they're just experiments like they were just trying to make some i don't know what were they attempting to do I, I, right i can't really well, well again that could, you could take that so many ways in terms of like looking at the way that um the way that the government purposely put crack cocaine in all these black ah, neighborhoods just that's to a kick good point. in the fucking knees and it's like, what were they even trying to do? They just did that. They made this shit happen. And that then is they just true. The left. government is known for doing crazy, insane, stupid shit. Yeah, MK Ultra. I mean, yeah. they do this stuff, man. And I think, especially like I said, the crack cocaine thing is very relevant. Yeah. Oh, definitely to for this sure. movie because the way it just destroyed black populations yeah. in inner cities, and again, uh-huh. kept them down there. Yes, that was the point. Was yeah, keeping them down. I think that that's kind of the reason why they chose to make it. Oh, it was a government thing. Okay. Yeah. You know, I can see that. Again, though, I like yeah. I think ex- the exposition is keeping us from uh, talking about this movie in the ways that it creates fear. Like Winston Duke's character as the dad, even though he's big, is so like sweet and lovable. Yeah, he's a big nice guy. And then as Abraham is frightening as fuck. Like, Very he's so scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, the. When the family shows up, like we we just nix all the exposition that comes after everything leading up to that. Great family shows up, very strangers like, very funny games esque. Um, it's it's real frightening. It's not until we get into the exposition that we have to. Th- I think I think it diverts our attention away from being scared because we're trying to figure things out. When you're trying to figure things out, you're just like. Wait no, okay. So, but but what about the like you're you're yeah, now not thinking the about moment. the frightening things that are happening on the screen, right? Yeah. So this this movie, like, despite the fact that the exposition helps to explain, it actually I think overall hurts the the story and, and just if, the experience of it. I think. Yeah, yeah. If we had just seen it, and maybe that would this would probably make it a two or an hour and a half movie instead of a two hour movie. Uh, but if we just get all the events without the explanation, uh, I think it still makes all sorts me. of sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It lets you actually look into it more deeply allegorical. Yeah. I think if you do it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some decent kills and stuff in this. Too. Yeah. I think the, mo- the motor kill, like when the, uh, Abraham gets killed by the boat motor. Yeah. Oh, it's really cool. Yeah. But you know what the problem that I have with it? And again, this is just kind of one of those logical things you can sit around at this movie and be like, wait, that, that doesn't really make sense. Why did Abraham decide to take him out on a boat to, like, throw his body in the water in a bag? Like, he was trying to hide the evidence or whatever. It's clear that they were out just to make a complete domination of this above-crust society Mm -hmm. and just kill them all. 
It's I, like he's out there trying to hide the fucking evidence. Why didn't he just beat his head in with the baseball bat? I think there's him? something in- interesting about the connection between Gabriel and Abraham in that I think I think maybe Gabriel's not as disconnected from his darkness. And like cuz Abraham like when he grabs the glasses off his face and puts them on, it's like he's trying to be Gabriel. He doesn't want to kill him, he wants to be him. Like he's not getting the the kill part he just wants to be this guy but then as he's walking out with him he just gets frustrated with trying to be this guy and throws it down but like there's just this i think there's a balance system that goes on where like the more in tune with who you really are you might be the more like in tune your your tether might be and less likely to kill you um but so so maybe that's it. Boat? I mean, that exactly, make yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe maybe that's Special, all it, just a convenience and used to make an interesting and kind of funny him being dragged behind the boat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, but that's the thing to me that was kind of odd is like when it came to the family. Again, Abraham took uh, Gabe out to the boat. Uh, Umbre chose to chase Zora. Well, yeah, and I mean that's Jason just Pluto just went to play, I guess. Yeah, but then like when you get to the other family, like the uh, is it the Tyler's? I guess the, uh-huh. like, the white yeah, family. Yeah, they just come in and kill. They just come in and just murder him. Yeah, like it has nothing to do with playing. But the, trope I would say for sure up. those people are more vapid than our other family. I suppose like, that, that's what I'm getting at. Is that maybe the the closer you are to your center, the closer you are to who you actually are, where yeah. you accept like there is this darkness in me. And I accept that. I'm not going to act on it. But did the tethered come up to the above ground to destroy the above ground civilization or to play with their food? It just seems counter counteractive and counterintuitive yeah. to what their actual it's purpose true. is. It's true. And that that may be more specifically she wants to tor- like torture the family. And yeah. she's told them. Like, well, it's because she, she also knows this is the family I should have had. Yeah. I was supposed to be up here. Yeah, and but she's I lived angry at that. Yeah, and she wants she wants them to suffer. Well, and that's the other side of the coin, too. Like I was talking about earlier about like what it would be like for us to see the versions of ourselves that could have been yeah. if we had been born under less fortunate circumstances. Well, think about the other side of the coin there, too, where it's like to our less fortunate selves, mm-hmm. imagine what it would be like to look at us We'd be like, fuck these guys. They've got everything. They've yeah. got it easy. They've got it I, I can, uh, yeah, I can, I can easily see that just from dealing with people uh, in my own, like, area yeah. in Jefferson County. Like, just seeing, like... The wasted potential or just being unappreciative of yeah. what you have or and, whatever. Yeah, and also thinking, like, there's, like, that, like me getting out of Jefferson County, I, uh, they somehow, like, did something magical like and i must have had like a rich uncle or something like how right how, yeah, how yeah. would i have gotten out of jefferson county it's like well oh, you yeah. get in a car and you drive away from it and you hope to find a place to live yeah no i mean dude you get that that attitude from people and you come from just like small shitty towns like we mm-hmm. do and now that we live in Knoxville, which isn't even like yeah, a big exactly. city or but anything But they think like that. that like yeah you're highfalutin oh, oh you I think can, you're so cool i could never do that yeah yeah. It's like, yeah, you, you really could. You actually. really absolutely could, and in fact, it wouldn't cost you much more money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it, it is It is true, like, that these tethered are going to be seeing, no matter what it is, above ground is better than what they have. So that's why it's interesting that the first tethered we meet is the homeless guy who... Um, the 11-11 guy. Jer- Jeremiah 11-11. Okay, so... Uh, 
that that homeless guy like we we see him dead and and it's almost like it's from um the perspective of jason like because they're driving past that ambulance and the mom says like don't look oh and, right and uh and then like the camera is looking kind of from the back seat and it's like maybe this is supposed to be jason's perspective and then when they're on the beach and Jason's walking around and he sees that person with blood dripping from their hand, but we don't see their face and he's staring at him. We find out later that is the homeless guy. So he saw this guy dead just a little bit ago. And now he sees this guy standing there with still alive, still alive with yeah. blood on his hand and eleven eleven like scratched into his forehead. Yeah. Uh, so like Jason's experience He's, he's the first to see them. He's also the first to say there are people outside. Like, he's constantly having this experience of uh, clashing with the knowledge. Like, if this movie had been told from his perspective, it might actually be way better. And then he's also the, the one that seems to realize at the very end of the movie that his, his, his mom, mom is not, not his mom. Him. Yeah, but it is his mom. I mean, it's his actual mom, but it's, she's the tethered mom. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it does seem like his outlook and his perspective is very important on yeah. this movie. I so, don't think I'd like to watch it yeah. again with that in mind. Oh, I can't remember what I was getting at about the first the first tethered to come up from or the first replacement. Yeah, being the the homeless guy. Eh, whatever. I'm all over the place because like seriously, this movie is all over the place in a lot of ways. Like it. It, these connections all work. It's like an intricate web, which is why his connection of Spider Woman and Itsy Bitsy Spider thrown in okay. at the beginning. Right. Like it's a very definite interconnected web. And if you could see it all, I bet it would make a whole lot of sense. Or it might look like Charlie Day in Always Sunny with his map with all the <laughs> red strings all over it. It's hard to say, man, because like obviously with 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 Get Out, that was such a clearly focused movie yeah i I think you could you could enjoy it in its allegorical sense and you could also just enjoy it as a standalone movie as a standalone movie it makes sense yeah Yeah. and it's a crazy movie about people trying to like steal your body the world yeah the world is pretty easily defined there are these rich white people that want to take black bodies yeah Mm -hmm. it's pretty easy to get at and then you can look at how deep it goes and it gets even better yeah uh, sometimes I feel like there's almost too much in this movie. Yeah, I, that's what I, that's exactly what I, I would say is that this movie gets too much. Now, here's what could happen, and I hope this is what will happen. Uh, and I talked about this a few weeks ago when I said uh, that I had watched Happy Death Day to you, the oh, sequel yeah. to Happy Death Day. And and when I watched Happy Death Day, I wasn't very impressed. But then watching Happy Death Day to you, it like opened up the exposition of the first one and made it all make way more sense. And made me enjoy the movie so much more and like uh made me think like oh well, that is actually a pretty good movie okay uh so it is very possible that he could continue to flesh out this could all be a world and he could continue to flesh it out with other individual stories and slowly we get to this central like idea of what's happening like who's making these things occur i don't know that it will I, 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 I would say that, I mean, one, he's, he's really getting heavy into producing, which I understand that's where the money is and it's less work. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, he seems to be really leaning into producing with the twilight zone and he's got that Nazi hunting show coming out on Amazon prime. Mm. Uh, like 
I, I don't know if he's ever going to get to maybe redeem this movie with like, more. Yeah, more. But with a self-contained story, maybe. But if he does, that could be cool. This could this could all make sense. It I'm could. sure in his in his mind and the way he's written it down, it probably does all connect. But it's just so much. It's so much to try yeah. to connect all the things. It's odd to me because it, it simultaneously feels like there's still more left on the table, but there was also mm. too much here. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I and I get. I mean, actually, this is like uh, kind of a curse of Wikipedia. Like I do this too, where I'll uh, when I'm sitting down to write something, I'll research it and I go to Wikipedia, and Wikipedia has so many other links to other articles that are connecting these things that then you move uh, to those things and you start to be like, oh man, that actually does connect to this thing. But yeah, you're yeah. reading like 15 different things. Yeah, you start off on and, Pokemon, you end up on fucking Nietzsche. Yeah, and now you're connect yeah, now you're saying Pikachu is the monster that we shouldn't uh, like yeah. we shouldn't be looking into the abyss cuz maybe Pikachu's staring back. Like uh yeah, and so I think maybe this just got away in in a lot of ways where it was like It's ambitious. I, it's very where ambitious. It was like all these things do connect and it's absolutely true, but it's not going to connect in the audience's mind. They don't know all these things. Uh, yeah, if you haven't been there every logical step of the way that you went yeah. to come to these conclusions, it can seem pretty stretched, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. And I don't know. I think that's just overall my, my biggest complaint with this movie is it's simultaneously too much and not enough. Yeah. If you want it to be a logical thing where there is a reason why these things happened and how this program worked and how it was abandoned, mm -hmm. cool. You can make it about that. If you just want to make it purely allegorical, where these things don't really have to make sense, it's just there for you to observe uh, society through different lens. Great. I love those kinds yeah. of movies. That's fine, too. But it seems like it's kind of trying to get a toe in both waters, to me, at a lot of points. And it doesn't necessarily make for a great story. I mean, because no. es essentially the entire plot of this is there's a family. Some other people look like them show up. They terrorize them. And then they find out that the mom was one of them. <laughs> That's kind of the whole story. Yeah, I was trying to think that through as you were talking about it. And it's just the like, stakes well, never. The other, the other stuff that happens, like, like the stakes it, never get higher. No, they there's don't. not really They're like an escalation elevated. of of tension or danger or anything like that. Hmm. I mean, yeah, because the the danger is there the moment they show up. Like, yeah, and that's like twenty minutes into the movie. It's early in the movie, and then the next hour and 40 is just kind of like, well, they're still getting kind of terrorized. Yeah. Uh, that's about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of set pieces kind of, too. Yeah, just thrown together. Like, these these are scary moments. Like, uh, how relevant would this be to a yeah. story? I mean, I get them leaving their home, trying to escape to go somewhere safe, and finding out that place is not safe. That is a great horror beat. Yeah, sure. But then... Beyond that, now that they've found out that no place is safe, and she's saying we need to go to Mexico or whatever, and it's like, yeah, like that. That's actually how this should end, probably, is them just escaping, like mm -hmm. get, not dying. Well, but then the thing is, is like having seen Get Out, where that that movie, and again, it's no fair to compare somebody's second movie to the first movie. You spent nah. your whole life writing that first movie, right? But still, with Get Out, it showed that he really knew how to make that just pressure cooker of tension. Mm -hmm. Mm, yeah, because it's all keep set getting at higher one and higher house. and higher. Yeah, yeah, dude. And at first, it's just like, man, the the parents are treating him like he's this trophy 
black guy and stuff. Right. And then it's getting weirder, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. dude, you got to get the fuck out of this place. The tension just keeps getting higher and higher and higher, that whole movie. Yeah. This, honestly, the tension kind of peaks at 20 minutes in. A family shows up. I mean, they look just like us. What the fuck? I, it never really gets higher than that. I mean, me. it certainly does diminish the tension when the first one of the family they kill is the most intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. The fact that yeah. the, the dad uh-huh. other dies first. Yeah. It seems like the most dangerous one. If they hadn't done that, actually, like, what if, what if instead of killing any of them there, the menace is still behind them. They they get away. They get to the neighbors and then find out. Oh, this is happening with them too. Um, and then maybe you get a third because you know threes work with people for some reason. You get a third instance where they think they're getting away, but then they find out. Oh no no, these people are also these type. I mean, what is your ending then though? Like, right. It, it's it's got to go somewhere. And that somewhere was just everywhere, kind of, right? Yeah. Where it's just like, hmm, I, it doesn't, it doesn't hit in that exact moment. Never really gets to a fever pitch to me. Yeah, I am saying all this, but I, I highly enjoy this movie. And I still really, like really, it. Really like watching it. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I'm actually not. I'm not mad at the exposition because I feel like it's going to turn into something. Like I feel like when people started seeing connections between get out and us and jordan was just kind of you know like yeah maybe you know it was like one of those things where it's like okay he's got a whole world of stuff that he wants to make happen well and 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 that's the thing about this movie and i maintain it the second time around i said the same thing whenever watched it the first time like there's some movies that you watch where even if there's stuff you don't understand yeah or it's things that weren't clear, you still watch it and go, but this guy is a competent filmmaker. I feel oh, yeah. like he had intent when he made oh, this yeah. stuff. Yeah, know? that no one could say this movie uh, doesn't look great. Doesn't Cinematography is fantastic. I mean, the, the, the script hits all the beats. You, I mean, you said it's around 20 minutes in that the family shows up. That's the inciting incident. That's yeah. like, it's where it should be. Um, it, it's, it's progressing right. They're, they're moving along. But then like, the ending has to like, try to explain all of this and I feel like I feel like it actually may have been better if she couldn't talk at all mm. if like the tethered if the tethered had learned to speak above ground and sh- her voice box had been permanently damaged she couldn't speak at all so it's just this constant because what it looks like especially at the end when they're fighting is that it's like a dance. It's like, they've always been dancing. They've always been in this constant motion where one's motion is mimicking the other so perfectly that it's, it's almost impossible for them to hurt each other. Uh, it, it would have been very interesting if all of the events had happened. She had never spoken a word. They get to that point we're seeing all the stuff down there. We're seeing all this stuff. We're not explained it at all. We see the dance fight, etc., and then she's dead. And then the end. And we're left with lots of questions, but also like they're questions that could be answered with the movie itself. Like you could just be like, Well, we knew they were bad. 
Like, we don't have to have a reason to, like, we don't have to like them. We don't have to, like, sympathize with them. But then that undercuts all of the allegory. Yeah. So it's, it's a movie that, it's about, I'd say it's five and a half pounds of shit shoved in a five pound bag. Where yeah, it's like, a little it's much. a little, a little much. Yeah. <laughs> like, you might be able to stuff it in there, but. It's a little much. I think so. But it definitely seems like it was made with, with intent and with a keen eye and obviously incredible attention to, to detail and, and research with all these things like you're talking about, all the, all the names and connections mm-hmm. across this. Everything was done very deliberately, uh, but that doesn't necessarily always make for a fantastic story. Oh, yeah, no. Just because somebody knows what they're doing and has like yeah. this uh, the dream theater vision. has yeah. never written a song as good as the fucking Beatles. <laughs> Yeah, that's you true. Know? That is true. Or Absolutely fucking Nirvana, true. you know? Yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, I I would say, yeah, maybe over much. Like, I think of, you know, the, the connection between, uh, I mean, similarities in Get Out and being John Malkovich and also this and being, like, there, there's some similarities between Jordan Peele's mind and Charlie Kaufman's yeah. mind, I think. And... Uh, because of that, just like Charlie Kaufman, I assume Jordan Peele is oftentimes tortured by the fact that people don't see the connections that he sees. Probably so. Yeah, yeah probably. So he's yeah. probably listening to this right now. I'm sure. Just yeah. punching his steering I bet wheel. he's got a lot of time listening to podcasts. <laughs> Drop us an email and let us know what we missed. Say hi to Chelsea for me. <laughs> you got anything else about this movie you want to you wanna pick apart or point out, Steve? Mm. No, I mean, uh, really what I would say that in the end, like, the important thing to to take from this is, like, what it's about, what what the central theme is. Yeah. Is that there... <clears throat> okay. Whether we are speaking of ourselves or others, we are inseparably connected yeah we're all just human beings we're all americans Mm -hmm. if we're living over here we are inseparably connected to the things that we hate about ourselves the things we don't want to be we're inseparably connected to them because we are defining ourselves uh, against them we are inseparably connected to all people in the world because we can't just kill them that's just true like you run into people who challenge accepted (laughs) you run into people who oppose your viewpoints all the time and you just gotta learn to coincide and in this case this is a world where both self and uh and the people who are at the least advantage versus the people who are most advantaged are so far split so disconnected it's i would say that in some ways uh like the tethering is is basically like how um, how at work you're tethered to the higher ups. They make weird decisions, and then you gotta act on them. Okay, you're just all, yeah. all over the place, <laughs> and, and you have no idea what they really want. And you're listen just to the top brass. Being, yeah, you're just being fucking puppeted. Yeah, and even you may know that you shouldn't do this. Is stupid. This is not gonna work. Okay, but you still gotta do it to keep your job. Like. We're inseparably connected as a people. We're all tethered. We are together. We can either work together or kill each other. Those are the options. Right. And 
so far we've just been killing each other. It seems that way. Yeah. It seems that way. And the bleak ending at the end is it'll probably continue to spread. That we will just be these like ignorant, disconnected assholes. Which yeah. is what I would say at the end, the tethered are. Ignorant, disconnected assholes. They they have no idea about the world above them, but now they're gonna rule over it. How? Because they're fucking mad at you. Yeah. For ignoring them, you know? Yeah, oh, wow, man, it sounds... I don't know, again, like, if if you just look at this and don't see the Trump to it, like... You might be a redneck. You might be. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I think, I, in the end, this movie really is trying to deal with those things. It's trying to deal with yeah. the economic, racial divides, things like that. They're all through this country that are really hitting in this moment in 2019, and I, I think it does a good job of conveying that. As we said, yeah. I think almost anybody who saw this movie would probably see that connection. I think so. And I think there's definitely a message in here, too, about, you know, whenever you're looking at whatever disenfranchised, downtrodden group that isn't your sphere, mm-hmm. um, and you're looking at them, and it's easy to ignore them, and it's easy to to treat them like shit or not give them enough due because they're not us, it's them. Right. Instead, um, I think it's important to see how dangerous that is. And I think it's very important to see how, you know, the only difference between us and them Mm -hmm. is that we're comfy and they're not. And we're comfortable with them being not comfortable. Yeah, that... And how mad that can make them. (laughs) And how powerful that can make them as well. Yeah, that that is enraging. Yeah. It is just enraging. Yeah, there's nothing more powerful than a group of people that have been ignored. No. You know, the, the but, anger that those people must feel. Yeah, and, and I, I, yeah, I think this does a real great job of getting that theme across. So when I'm uh, considering, like, you know, final sort of thoughts on this movie, I think it succeeds in getting across what's probably its primary message. Yeah. It's, uh, for me, I think I extremely well shot. Love the lighting choices. I love just everything about the look of the movie. It's fantastic. I like the very specific look of the of the tethered. The idea that they would basically look the same. Like that, yeah, they, they're just like us. They look just like us, yeah. And then they also look just like themselves. Like they're all, they have no experience with the world. They have no, like that is the bit of experience they have with the world. So that's what they know. Yeah. Uh, and and they don't even have that experience. They're getting it secondhand from her because she saw Michael Jackson's thriller, and I guess wanted to stab people with scissors. I don't, I don't know where the scissors come. <laughs> I mean, I I get it that. Scissors, you need two halves, but I, I don't know where she saw those. Anyway, so for me, this this movie is successful in a lot of ways. Uh, it, it's also distractingly overstuffed, and an excessive amount of research didn't clarify the majority of it. I think so, too. So for me, then, that, that, that means... It needs a lot more, and I'm willing to be patient with it, but I'm also going to say that as a standalone, uh, until you get something that can improve it, 
as a standalone for me, it's like a seven. I can understand that. Yeah, I can understand that. I get a lot of what you're saying, uh, and I agree with very much of it. Uh, I think that if I think that if Get Out was Master of Puppets, this is Injustice for All. Okay. It's it's like <laughs> right. it is yes on paper it is more technically complex but it's but it's kind of for the sake of being that mm-hmm. way you know I feel like this movie sort of valued social commentary and allegory over telling an actual compelling story at times yeah. and making a movie that is entertaining and and gripping yeah I mean like I said the, to me the fever pitch is when they're in the house like twenty minutes into the movie mm-hmm. it never gets more intense for me. Mm-mm. From there on out, the stakes never get higher. No, things are never really in danger more. Mm-hmm. It just kind of keeps you at that plateau. And again, that's kind of an injustice for all thing to me. <laughs> it's like the songs are longer; they're more How complicated. Does that make it yeah. Is it better though? Is the thing? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. they're longer for the sake of being longer. Whereas, like you know, Master Puppets has songs on it that are eight, nine minutes long, but it's because it makes the song better to make it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like this movie just really got a bit heavy-handed. Yeah. Which, I mean, dude, I, I know I feel like a fucking idiot saying that because one of our favorite things to do on this show is to try to pick apart these horror movies uh, as social mm-hmm. commentary because so many horror movies are just pure social right. commentary. And that's what's great about these flicks is you yeah. can watch them and just be entertained by people getting their heads ripped off. Uh-huh. Or you can look at it and be like, oh, I see how this uh, yeah. correlates to the Vietnam I War. I see why blah, blah, blah. he got his head ripped off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what makes these things fun. So I feel like a real asshole being like, too much social commentary. Because <laughs> that's what I love about yeah. horror movies. But at the same time, I just feel like it was at the expense of telling a great story. Mm, a more kind contained of story. Horse yeah. before the cart. Yeah. You know, definite like uh, brain before the heart, I guess right. you would say, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, where the the cerebral, social, political aspects of this movie, I think, kind of dominated the story a, a bit too much, you yeah. know? But again, absolutely gorgeously shot, awesome soundtrack. I still will be in theaters opening night to see what his third movie is. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, watched the, all of Twilight Zone. It was, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Very I much. see a lot of people that reacted to this movie, and they're like, oh, never mind. He just got lucky with Get Out. Fuck him. I'm you not interested in any of his other stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I still think he's a very competent filmmaker. I just think he put a little bit too much into this one. Yeah, you know? maybe. And I don't see myself like rewatching it a bunch of times, honestly, uh, for like fun, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think I'd probably say like five and a half. Okay. You know, maybe maybe six, okay. just because it is so well done and, and gorgeously shot and stuff, yeah. and pays homage to so many great things. But oh, it does. Yeah, we didn't even get into that. Like the he he gave him like a list of eleven horror movies to watch, yeah. so they'd all be on like the same sort of page, and and so many like homages and and things but yeah like he, he's so immersed and steeped in uh, horror some of movies. them being in the movie itself i mean that, yeah. that opening shot you got chud uh-huh. next <laughs> to the is, tv which is about people from underground yeah yeah, yeah. so some of it was very like on the nose yeah we didn't even talk about the connection to the morlocks or anything like all of this is like there's so much stuff that he brought into it that i think a lot of it hit with me because we're uh around the same age so like a lot of this stuff we we've had grew up around the same time yeah. and stuff yeah and maybe it doesn't hit with everybody because they they didn't experience watching a lot of horror movies growing up or whatever but i, I mean this guy jordan peele he's gonna make whatever he makes it's gonna be at least well made and well written um and compelling mm-hmm. and you're you're gonna need an opinion on it honestly because everybody's gonna be talking about it that's yeah. just the case he's yeah. 
he's made two movies now that everybody has an opinion on strongly. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's like whether you liked it or not, you're talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Because you know? I, I mean, we I don't sit here and talk about Oculus or something. Like I I didn't really like it. And that's about so it. So I never get back to it. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not going to talk about it. The end. Right, right. Yeah. Still think it's worth a watch for sure. Uh, definitely worth checking out. And it's also definitely worth you going out and voting. We got the Democratic yeah. primaries and stuff coming up soon. Yeah. Don't forget, if you don't vote, you don't get to complain. Also, if uh, you're a Republican, go vote in the Republican primary. Go vote in that too. I know yeah. all you guys don't want Trump again. Well, not all of them. A lot, a lot of, of them, them do. do. I know. But if you don't, Go vote or you can't complain. It's I, bottom line. You also need to remember you might need a backup because that guy is old and suffering from dementia. It's true. Yeah, yeah that's that's not conjecture. Yeah. yeah. That is a fact. Mm-hmm. So vote on the best backup. <laughs> Which is, you only have one option, I think. There was only yeah, one so. other guy. Around. That 100% the most weak people in the world are all Republican politicians. Every single one of them. Not one of them. Aside from that one dude who knows he's not going to get votes, not one person was like, I could probably contend with Trump. Mm-hmm. Mitt Romney with his brave vote to impeach Trump. Look out. How about you run for president, you billionaire piece of shit? <laughs> Maybe try that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. I, w- I would vote for Mitt Romney over Trump. Oh, for sure. 100%. Absolutely so. If that were an option. if I mean, honestly, if were Mitt Romney and Joe Biden. That is like the that's, that's like the one. Futurama, the two clone dudes in different color ties running for president. Yeah, like, it's kind of tough. It's who cares? <laughs> one's They're a Mormon, both gonna one's a Christian. Suck. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> that's a good point. You kind of sound like you're fixing to call these guys out for like uh, maybe a big match at SummerSlam or I something. Am. Yeah, listen here, Joe Biden. All right, at SummerSlam, I'm gonna take you down. <laughs> I'm going to take you down to the ground. Uh Uh-oh. You say you don't want to change a thing? Well, I'm going to change your face, brother. (laughs) So be sure to go out and vote in them things. Also, if you want to vote on what movie we should do later on in the future of the show, we have a Patreon page where if you support us on the $5 level, you can put in a vote or whatever movie you want to cover, and we randomly pull those from a hat. And we do those, I think we've decided now, on the fourth episode of every month. Yeah, the, the, our Patreon uh, pick will be the fourth episode of every month. So you will, um, you'll hear the announcement after the third. And if you are a Patreon member, patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. If you are a $5 member, uh, I will start asking at the second week. We'll do the, the what you call it. I know this is a little hard. Uh, some people have messaged me like, oh, I'm always missing the the patreon thing we've kind of done it at random yeah because it's all over the place and that that is an issue of just we have to have time to record the video <laughs> like yeah <laughs> we don't always have a lot of time so we will try though in the future now that we've figured out we're going to do it the fourth sunday of every month we're going to try to have uh the patreon like submission post up on the same time every month so that everybody knows and everybody has time to post something that's right you guys can also follow us on instagram and shit tell them about it instagram.com forward slash dead and lovely uh oh wait no (laughs) instagram is dead lovely pod (laughs) sorry that's the one and at dead lovely pod on twitter uh dead and lovely pod at gmail.com is our email uh what else are we youtube we got the youtube dead and lovely we're all over the place, man. Discord, etc. And we have t-shirts still. We've got a few of those kicking around. If you want a t-shirt, email us. Let me know. 
I'll get you a t-shirt. That's right. We'll work that out. Well, in the meantime, next week on the show, we're going to be talking about one that I've wanted to, to see forever just because I've always been intrigued by the name. I know nothing about it. Dude, and I'm not going to watch a trailer or anything. I'm so glad you don't know anything about this because it's fucking weird. What people are we talking about, Steve? The people under the stairs. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, this is directed by Wes Craven. Uh, it's a weird one. Awesome. I'm excited yeah. to see it. Yeah, again, I know nothing about it, yeah. so I'm just going to go in blind and take it for what it is. So yeah. that'll be a fun one to cover. So you guys be sure to tune in next week and scope that one out. In the meantime, thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Rate and review on iTunes, and if you do so, be sure to leave a question at the end of your review, and we'll answer that on a later FAQ Hell that yeah. we'll do as part of the Preview Palace. So be sure to go on iTunes, rate and review, put up a question about anything you want, and we will answer that on a future episode. Well, you guys have been fantastic. We've been dead and lovely, and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. I'm just saying, there could be a situation where you find yourself and you've uh, been set on fire. Perhaps there's some sort probably. of accident. You're going up in flames. Mm-hmm. And you remember your training to stop and drop. Right. But then what if you've listened to so much DMX that the only thing you can think to do next is to set them down and open up yeah, shop? Yeah, you just set them down and you open up shop. And then, like, I don't know what you're selling. Oh, Rough Riders Roll. Screams, probably. Well, that's the thing, though. Is Buy a scream from a man on fire. Eventually, he does get to Rough Riders Roll. So then maybe you roll oh, and shit. you put out the fire. You know, After I, you shut him down and open up shop, of course. I never really put together that, obviously, DMX thought of stop, drop, and roll with those lyrics. Right. I Fucking hadn't either. Fucking shit. Fucking genius. Wow. Love you, D.